Okay, things are about to get a little weird. Warning, the Dub Talk podcast may contain language and subject matter that may not be suitable for younger audiences. Listener discretion, I say listener discretion, I, 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 I say listener discretion is advised, son. Secondly, there will definitely be spoilers for any and all series being discussed. Be careful, if there is a series that you have not finished yet, mijo, we don't want you getting spoiled, man. Third, the opinions expressed by our individuals belongs to the individuals and does not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Dub Talk podcast as a whole. I've seen things, people. CGI goldfish and pixel-defined backgrounds. Oh yeah, I've seen nonsensical architecture and eye-piercing color palettes with the saturation cranked up to candy corn. This world is not for mortal men or any sane of mind. This is the world with no restraints, no rules, and we are all here for the ride. Hey, that just rhymes. I didn't even plan that. That's pretty fair. Um, M- Megan, I I don't really have a way to start this. Th- this is um. You you bitches see the title of this episode? It's happening. There is no introduction. Welcome to hell. This is not. Yeah, this isn't something where we could like build it up like we normally do. Um, hi everybody. This is um. <laughs> this is Jer- this is Noah. And this is Me- Say hi, Megan. <laughs> Why am I fucking here? Because what have I agreed we'll ta- to? You talk. We'll talk about that. Don't pretend like you were sucked into the. You don't pretend like you were sucked into the ziggurat. You jumped in. I jumped in on a bet. Thanks, Mike. Thank you to our good friend, uh, Got MLK, or as we know him, Michael, who I traded. If he would watch all four seasons of Utano Prince Sama. I would watch Handshakers and do an episode. You tell me who won this bet. That's four seasons of a admittedly good genre show versus one season of whatever, whatever this the is. Fuck this! I call it an abortion, I... but abortions are mistakes. And th- I don't think this was a mistake. This was intentional. This was on. This was calculated. This is what I get for making a, a, a bet with a dude who's into Ace Attorney and Toho. Even if the oh, demons oh, in the courtroom wouldn't get me, the ones in Toho would. So, uh, this is Dub Talk, uh, the podcast where we talk about English dubs for anime, um, sometimes alternative stuff, and occasionally we even dip our hands into the really weird stuff. The kind of anime that they tell you about in Legend, that the guy in the trench coat tries to sell you behind the 7-Eleven. This is the type of show that when, like, the baby weave asks... What's a good anime that the troll who says, if you want good boys love, go watch Super Lovers says. Mm-hmm. You I, don't recommend go- this to somebody unless you hate them. Uh, we'll get into talking about that because you're mostly right. Um, I, there are very few people who I would legitimately recommend this to. Because I have people who, who ask for recommendations like in the real world. And this is never something I've recommended to them. This is Handshakers, ladies and gentlemen. This is the 2018 Go Hands production that um, is all about the crazy visuals. It is very weirdly photorealistic in the backgrounds, heavy on the CGI for the weaponry, and has some of the weirdest looking character designs and camera angles and movements that you will ever see. The only thing this was missing is the CGI horses from Attack on Titan. (laughs) 
Even those would have been a welcome change from the the candy coated insanity that was this. What was here's the thing? They would they wouldn't even stand out in this fucking abomination to God. No, the, the the like opening scenes where they're just showing like crowds of the city just like walking awkwardly against. Uh, uh, <laughs> do you mean background. do you mean these same crowd shots that they use for every crowd in this show? The the fisheye lens, the overhead shot with a t- with a bunch of apparently hand drawn characters that don't fit in with the backgrounds at all. I like, thought you just movie. said hand job characters. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a there's a terrible image I have of like Jessica Rabbit being drawn by the animator, but she's treating it like they're having a hand job. It's like, oh yeah, do that with that ink. Dip your pen into my inkwell. Oh yeah, do it, baby. Why are you wanting Roger Rabbit get cucked by the animator? Because who NTR'd Roger Rabbit? <laughs> I don't have a because of that. Because that's not a mental image I want. Roger Rabbit is a good boy, and I hope he gets a better sequel soon. But for this particular production, um, yeah, this is uh, a show that is very infamous around circles. Uh, like Megan was saying, you don't recommend this. Uh, for the plot. You don't really recommend it for the characters. You recommend it to see what the visuals and the overall themes do to people. And I am all there for that. Because you recommend I... this to somebody because you hate them. Sometimes. Um, there have been t- a lot of times. I have actually been advocating to do an episode on this show. For two years! Nobody wanted to do it. We had our discussions people just very politely said no no put that back down we'll, we'll do the normal shows uh and not this one but megan here because of her bet and because she's legitimately a good person who i think was a little curious just to see what this thing was i'm a little handshaker agree- curious was uh, uh, agreed to do this episode i don't Thank know why because god himself did not want me to finish this <laughs> yeah, it's um, all about that. God himself was like, you're watching a show that talks about defeating God? Can't have that. So the first time I tried to binge this all in a day and I got about halfway through it before I was like, my friends were like, you want to go play some Magic the Gathering online? And I was like, boy, howdy I do. And then I had a depressive fit. Um, why, why did you want to play Magic the Gathering when if you wanted a good card game, you could have played Precious Memories? Please choke on your own cock. Um... Please, we're, that's a whole, holy shit, we're gonna have to talk about incest. Um, yeah, just, so. Fun for the whole family. If incest is what you like best, put your sister to the test. Um, or in this case, put your little brother. Um, your minor little brother. Um, no, I, she was, okay, true, but he was more of a minor, Yes. Like, he that, was at least, like, 12. Yeah, I, I don't think the judge is going to look favorably on her, is what we're saying. Judge is going to look favorably on anybody in this goddamn show. There's a lot yeah. more, more, there's a lot more questionable ethics than, do I want to fuck my brother? That's um, sad. That's really sad. Which is sad, sad to say. <laughs> um, no, so the first time I tried to watch this, my power kept flickering through it. Mm-hmm. And then today, as of the day that we're recording this... When I was trying to finish up the show, my power straight up went out for two hours. <laughs> so you tell me what's a sign from God and what isn't. He, 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 was, very, he was trying to send a very clear message to Madoka you. Madoka herself shot the TV and said you need to stop. 
Well, I'm glad that you were able to get through it just so we could um, talk about what this thing is. Um, and I will explain what the plot is because uh, those of you who have not seen the show and are maybe a little hand curious about this probably want to know what, why is this so bad. Now, the premise is not really that bad. Um, it's actually a pretty rote material before. Essentially, the main two characters of Tazuna and Koyori are just a couple of regular kids. Is Koyori even a character? Is she Noah? In, in the strictest sense that she takes up space and advances the plot. That's the only definition. <laughs> okay. So, the, the, basically, uh, this is a world where... Uh, Two partners, when they hold hands, uh, develop superpowers that transport them into a kind of uh, secret fantasy realm called the Ziggurat, where they have all kinds of different supernatural abilities to fight each other. Some characters control magical gears that can either act as a shield or turn into a giant sword. Some people have chains that can fulfill your hentai doujin. Some people have swords. Some people have clones. Some people have bouncing balls like anything you could think of that could be turned into a weapon they, they basically turn into a so what you're saying is that if somebody was horny enough they could have unlimited dildo works i am not saying that they couldn't i'm just saying that the fine folks at lion's den sex dungeon probably <laughs> would be super is that prepared the for store this. that we pass by when we go get barbecue in texas yes yes why do you know its name only because I've taken quite a few road trips, and you cannot take a road trip on any highway in America without oh, passing the lines. Oh, gotcha. Uh, I thought that was the express. No, okay, so when we go get barbecue in Texas, we pass a sex store where that's furry positive, and one year we tried to bring Noah in, but he clung <laughs> on to the pole like a panda. Well, don't say the pole. <laughs> the light post on the street. It's a pole. It's nothing sexual. Yeah. You can't God, say you pervert. He, it's not for me. It's for the rest of the listeners. You say he held onto a pole. They're going to think something. I mean, that's their fault if they're writing Hardy X Noah dip fanfic. Uh, we need more of that. Okay. <laughs> that's not the point. <laughs> the point is, is that, uh, so the entire plot of this is that uh, the two main characters are basically up against different pairs of characters who have different superpowers, different complexes. And if they defeat enough characters... Uh, they will apparently be granted a wish by God. It's it's kind of a little vague. There's not really uh, a way to verify that. But that that is our driving force. The drive to figure out what is going on with these superpower characters. Get your wish. And maybe break your eyeballs a little bit from the camera that can't stop spinning around all over the place. Uh, that That's the main plot of this show. Just, just... Are we, are we sure... That anyone's gonna meet God? Are we sure it wasn't Satan at the end? Because yeah, probably <laughs> looking at this show, I, I feel like I should have a wish granted by the very yes. end, and that wish is to purge the memories of this show from my conscience. It's funny you say that, and a lot of people have the same reactions. Um, a good indicator of that is if you go on ANN, people can uh, rank the show. Um, a lot of times a show will normally have either a lot of green and very little yellow and red to show negative sides. This show is all over the board. There's a lot of red, very little in the middle, and a whole lot of green as well. So, so this is like, really like, loved it or hate this fucking thing. Uh, I, they could have been troll voting it. I mean, fair. Have you have you seen the people look like, have you ever seen review bombs before? People, oh, at 
countless fans get mad when there isn't a new Persona 5 mention and they freak out like got like they got 36 because... presents instead of 37 this year. I was going to say, because it's not like you haven't had multiple incarnations of that franchise in both anime and video game form to pick from, while those of us who are big fans of like legitimately good things like Hibane Renmei have only one season to enjoy. Shin Megami Tensai fans coming out of the woodworks this week, like, hell yeah, look at this, look at this Matador meme, Jack Frost is going to kick you in your nards and take your wallet. Oh, I feel so bad for that, that that entire Nintendo post. Nintendo tried. They tried very hard to say, to say look, guys, it's from our partners yes. is contest coming out. Not not Mario, listen, Sonic. Listen here, just let the Shin Megami Tensai fans have this. They haven't had things yeah. in years. We're lucky. We just literally gave a, scra- a, a filet mignon to a starving animal. Exactly. Let him enjoy it in peace. Just you know like, who tr- you know who you know who wasn't given a filet mignon? The writing people. and directing crew of this dub. The, the, the people who had to dub this. Which, <laughs> which oh god, there's a lot to unpack about this show. And the main reason we're talking about this is one for the novelty of it, and two, I legitimately think that this is uh, a worthwhile endeavor to enjoy. Uh, and I'll, I'll lace my thoughts on that throughout this entire discussion. But the key crux of my argument is that. Uh, animation is uh, a medium that has its tropes and its normalcy to it that you can get a little complacent in. If you're going to make television animation and you've got this one opportunity, you may as well go all in with the crazy visuals, the questionable content, and make something that you won't get anywhere else. I I kind of subscribe to the Ralph Bakshi school of thought of, you know, you want to draw? Draw badly. It doesn't matter. People will watch it. And you may as well use this opportunity to make whatever you want to make. And on that level, I respect the show. Like, this is an anime original project. And there are a lot of anime original projects out there. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, this year had a couple. It invaded uh, Decadence, which the less I say about Decadence and more that you should just be watching Decadence. Yes. Um, is, is all I need to say for that. Um, but we've had like things like id. Uh, I say anime originals as in there's no like pre-existing thing to adapt. So not things like God of High School or Tower of God where they had like a webcomic and shit. Uh, a Place Further Than the Universe, which I think also came out in 2018. Uh, that was original stuff. Uh, was that 2018? I thought it was a little earlier than that, but no, that whole year was... Was it that but year? I think it was the same year, but things like A Place Further Than the Universe, um... Uh, I'm trying to think of another original anime. Oh, uh, uh, I think Flip Flappers came out. That It already came out in 2018 or 2017. I think I Flip Flappers was 2017. But the point yeah. stands this. I respect you. I respect Go Hands for just saying, fuck it, we're going to make this thing our way. Mm-hmm. We're, gonna, we're, we're not going to be apologists to anybody. We're going to do this intentionally. And you know what? For that, I applaud it. What they made, though, is an absolute <laughs> piece of garbage. And I don't mean the animation. Literally, if you would have had a this show animated by, like, A1 Pictures or um, Cloverworks or something, this show would have still been fucking awful. Yeah. It's yeah, it's but... like Darling... It's like my argument with Darling in the Franks, which is another anime original a story. And I know there's a bunch of people out there who really, really like Franks or like Franks for the first 15 episodes. Mm-hmm. And I say this the whole time when people are like, oh, let's blame A1 Pictures oh, this is a bad trigger show. My point is this. It, Take the studio nameplates off. If you had the same writing and directing crew and mm. put it at another studio, the story is still going to be absolutely shit. 
and that's the thing about about this show. And before I get into the dub of this, because I think this needs to be said, because I do think this affects the performance, the performances in the show. This show is actually really fucking boring. Outside of the visuals, the story is kind of bland. It's it's not. I wouldn't say it's bland. It's just it's rote. It's content that you've seen before, storylines you've seen before in a lot of better material. Like Fate Zero. This is this is a, a a thing where a bunch of teams, a bunch of paired teams, are gonna have to fight each other, and mm. whoever wins, you're going to to get your wish granted by some deity, or you're gonna have the stream control. Uh, right. I know a series that came out this year. There was Darwin's Game and Gleepnir. And I passed up on Darwin's Game, mostly because there was somebody really obnoxious being like, oh, Darwin's Game is the best anime ever. I'm like, okay, sure, mm. whatever. Okay, take your juice box and go. You're afraid of Fruits Basket. But I watched the first episode of Gleepnir, which unfortunately isn't dubbed right now, and it is a Funimation co-production. So mm. here's hoping down the line. Uh, that also has a lot of things like um, Handshakers, where... You have a partner of characters, and the thing about Gleipnir is is that he turns into a giant, fuzzy-suited, demonic mascot, and she pilots him by literally going inside of him. And I mean, wasn't that the plot of Attack on Titan, too? Nobody went inside- Mikasa never went inside Eren, unless you're into that. Um, <laughs> unless you're into- unless you're into men getting pegged. Um, and boy, are we ever! Sure. <laughs> damn straight um but um the thing about Gleipnir is is that Gleipnir took from from what I understand took that whole idea of being stuck in this death battle where she can go inside him and use the framework of that to explore a lot of messy emotions sexuality blah 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 Mm -hmm. handshakers doesn't fucking do that like, none of the characters in this have anything outside their base wish motivation. That's yeah, very, it. Yeah, they, they are very archetypal on purpose. Again, this is why I say it's not its not a mistake in that it's a failed attempt at something they uh, couldn't accomplish. This was very much what they set out to do. <laughs> Except for, I think that because of that, this is like a lot of final thought stuff, but I feel like with a show this polarizing, we have to do it first before we sure. move into that. But I feel like even then, if you're going to... There's a lot of other stuff like Flip Flappers, which is in no way as insanely animated as this, but took its time to be well, a little bit more... I've never it, seen Flip Flappers, okay? Okay, Flip, Flap, uh, Flip Flappers is like uh, what uh, the artsy people point to as a good example of working outside the anime box to make something truly memorable. It's like, if you've got a turn... Um, if you've got a half pike, like a skating half pike... Mm-hmm. The, Flip Flappers is on one side of it on the complete high level, and then Handshakers is on the other side of it. They're at the same level, but they're completely on the opposite sides of the turnpike. Well, I mean, even looking at something like Ping Pong, which okay. is... Okay, any Masaki Yuasa well, show. So, I specifically say Ping Pong because I think even even counting Devil May Cry Baby, uh, it's my favorite. Okay. Um, mostly because I haven't seen uh, Keep Your have Hands you seen- Off as a kid yet, all the way. Have through. you seen Have you seen Kaiba? No, and I need to because it's, uh, uh, if nobody knows, Patrick of Roots of Justice fucking loves Kaiba. By the way, I- I've been watching it very recently, and I think it may be my favorite Masaki Yuasa show. Um, I have not seen Devil May Cry Baby yet, but I, I think of you have to do that when your kids are gone. Um, I have to watch Kaiba when the kids are gone, gone. too. 
Um, but the whole idea of you can have this weird animation that's artistic and stuff, but still tell a good story with fleshed out characters and depth and emotion. Mm-hmm. That's what loses me in this. It's, you know what? I can accept handshakers being bad, like quote unquote, badly animated, even though like, you know what? Fine. Fuck it. I'll take it. it it's animated. It's distinctly animated, yeah, it's but so distinct. every, everything under that though, doesn't serve a purpose. And that's what I think is going to affect a lot of what my thoughts are about the dub. Mm-hmm. Which so, we, we yeah. will jump. Let us jump into that dub. Um, interesting uh, technical notes. Um, you may be watching the show and watching the Funimation logo at the beginning and thinking, oh, I can go watch on a Funimation. So this was one of those shows that was uh, made in the partnership between Crunchyroll and Funimation. Where so, Crunchyroll shoved this abomination onto them and said, dub it, instead of letting us get shows like, I don't know, Laid Back Camper, Place for Them in the Universe. Yeah, I don't know why uh, Laid Back Camper or uh, Place for Them in the Universe didn't get dubbed. Like, those, those seem like so do we! Little... So do we! Instead, we've got to sit through dubs for shitty fucking isekai like Eighth Son. But the point is, is that um, currently, if you want to watch the show, it's on Crunchyroll. And, uh, be- but because of that, uh, Funimation did dub this, and it was a simul dub. So th- this was being dubbed as the episodes were coming out. I am so sorry. Gonna... <laughs> They, they worked hard. They worked hard, okay? Yeah, I, I like, want to give them full credit. Because we are going to bash some people in this section here, but we do want to acknowledge that they worked very hard to give us what we got. Yeah, we're bashing the work, not the people. Very much so. That That's a rule there, of all of our episodes. Even then, it's not bashing, it's critiquing. If it was bashing, I'd be more insulting. So, uh, <laughs> direct, directing the dub for this, it, we have Jerry Jewell. And as our scriptwriter, we have Monica Rial. Now, Jerry Jewell, you have probably seen some of his fine work before in such amazing series such as First Love Monster, <laughs> Shimonetta, or Valkyrie Drive Mermaid. Hey, now, Shimonetta was a good anime. It's questionable. It, it, it's not the thing you can show children. I never said it had to be kid-worthy. I think it's a good show. I, I say that as someone who has an SOX flag right on my desk. Uh, you had titty- one too, didn't you? We, we both got one from uh, Yomacon years ago. <laughs> I don't know where it is, and I try to purge most of that Yomacon from memory. Good point. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> and now, Monica Rial, uh, as our scriptwriter, you've heard some of her work in uh, equally amazing shows such as Keijo, Sky Wizards Academy, <laughs> and the amazing dub of Ghost Stories. You're such brave, strong, handsome men. Have you accepted Jesus as your personal savior? No, we're no, in a death I'm game Jewish. to try to kill him. <laughs> or whatever the follow-up line was. No, it, we, we're it's not no gonna, wait, I'm Jewish. We're not going to fill this episode with ghost story quotes, although we easily could. Drop the Krispy Kreme, Serpico. Well, okay, so this that entire is, product That is so, my, still my favorite joke. So I, I want to preface this by saying that uh, this show is very awkward, in um, the way that the characters are characterized. Because, like you said, they're not really characters who get fleshed out. They're <laughs> they are 2D cardboard cutouts. <laughs> who who have to be directed to sound natural in English. Um, because you can't just slap on Japanese archetypes. Which is what the Japanese sub did. You know, it was archetypes like, oh, okay, I've seen a Tinkerer character before. I've seen a Moe Blob before. I've seen a uh, adult who looks like a, a sixth grader role. Like, like, those are archetypes that we've seen before. Uh, Jerry and Monica had to find a way to turn that into something palatable for an English audience. And they had two options. They could either 
go very hardcore with this and treat it like the auteur art that deserves uh, an invisible dub where you don't realize that there is an additional track on top of it. Or they could say, fuck it, let's just have fun with this because we know this is a garbage show. And they took Route A. <laughs> <laughs> and, they, and they took Route A. They took Route A with most of the characters. Um, Jerry did direct some of these characters. Some of the actors, I think, were directed a bit weirdly. And that's because although the show has a lot of sincerity in it, there's also a lot of kind of mockery to be had of the whole thing. There, there's tropes. Oh my there's, God, there are, there's okay. I described every single handshaker sparing as the setup to a dojin. Like which you're not wrong. Yeah, I'm not wrong because you have the vanilla couple. The, the <laughs> I'm not a lollycon, but uh, fat uh, fat guy with the the idol girl, uh, incest, and uh, what else was there? Uh, BDSM. The BDSM group. And of course, uh, it's not legal. It's a. It's not legal. We're in Alabama. I guess by that comparison. No, um, I'm sorry. It's legal. Don't you know the age of consent in Japan is 13? Well, let's not cross that line. Like I know that. Yes, we make jokes about that. I oh yeah, don't... and gay. And there's gay in there too. Which you know, God bless. There's <laughs> a lot. So um, Jerry's uh, directing on this did not feel like the, his highest material. Like, the oh, guy has done, no. done legitimately good stuff before. He does a I, lot of really good stuff that I, I genuinely enjoy. Like, I yeah. love his work on Star Blazers. Um, both you and I are a huge fan of his work for Stars Align. Yes. Um, so, I, I'm trying to think of other things that he's done that I... I, I really enjoy his work on Sarah for the End, which is oh, very yeah. much the, the... You know, that thing that I've been trying to get you to watch for years. Um, I, I intentionally didn't put that on the the examples to pick from. Maybe you should do it now that I've done this for you. I sh- you're right, I should. Tell you what, by, by the end of the year, that will have been crossed off my two-watch list. Both Yay! seasons. Yay! It's, it's only 24 episodes. That's true. That's just it's, not, like, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a huge time crunch. It's just, yeah, it's, uh, not like, it's not like watching all of the 12 kingdoms. Which is no, like, it's kind of... There's a situation where, um, and uh, Arcada, uh, one of the reviewers online, kind of talked about this, where he said he's intentionally held off on watching Porco Rosso because he doesn't want to live in a world where there isn't a new Miyazaki movie to watch. I kind of feel that way about Sarah for the End now. It's like, I don't know if I want to live in a world where I don't have this show to look forward to because it's been hyped up so much. Oh no, then I can just keep pounding your ass to watch Tokenrambu Hanamaru. <laughs> Please don't pound my ass. I have a wife. I said hound your ass. Oh. I've got a boyfriend. I'll pound his ass. Good. Excellent. <laughs> I hope he doesn't hear this and know what's coming. <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, he won't, yeah, but I will. So, yeah, this entire dub is, um, I, I don't think that it loses anything in the translation. Um, you can watch this in uh, English and get the same effect that you would watching this in Japanese. Um, in fact, it's a little easier in some cases. Because oh yeah, no, I would not want to watch the show with subtitles. I don't think I could fucking read them. It's, it's a little hard to read them on some points. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's a lot going on on the screen. I so mean, yeah, yeah, go ahead. I mean, I've, I've heard uh, Jerry Joel has always been a, a director that I think a lot of people are really kind of mixed on. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you're split. very mixed on his uh, his handling of uh, free Iwatoi Swim Club, right? Oh, I was about to get into that. Um, it's and this is even among other sentiments of other people I want I talk to who are super into anime dubs, who, where they feel like if Jerry Jewel, this is their opinion, not my own, 
Right. If there, if Jerry Jewel's heart isn't into it, you can sometimes hear it in the dub itself. Or and I, I, I think the thing with, and I would like to think that most actors and directors and writers go into every show, treating it like it is some. This is someone's favorite anime. Right. And, and this is probably someone's favorite anime, and they're probably <laughs> sharpening <laughs> their pitchforks to come kill me. For as I as I roast this weenie, um, but there are just flat performances all over this thing. Yes, there are just there's no, it's so rigid at points. Like I could tell it, it and I don't want to s- say this because I don't think this is true for any actor or actress. It just felt like some of them didn't want to fucking do this. And I've I've heard after the fact at panels I am not naming names mm-hmm. um, that people wanted aliases after doing this show for this show they hated it actors who did this that show did not fucking like this and knowing who one of those actresses is I don't fucking blame her and again this has nothing to do with just the visuals I know it's easy to point to that but and, uh, it's, it's, it, legitimately it's not the visual it's not the visuals it's the writing like right. You you think I'm kidding about the every couple is the setup to a hentai doji a hentai? I am not. Like there are actively points of this show that, from a writing standpoint, make the vanilla parts of dramatical murder look like saint and material. That is a- that's a real accomplishment because yeah. e- that even the vanilla parts of dramatical murder were not for the faint of heart. Yeah, and, and even then, this stuff is still better than that one. Um, by a my a country mile. Um, absolutely. Um, we, we, we need to have a, we have a bar of like a, like Baymax style where like um, what level of pain are you in? Where it's like on the far end is like really good stuff like. Um, Fruits Basket 2019. Like, yeah, the, the new Fruits Basket dub. And all the way here on the, yeah. the the really bad scale is the Dramatical Murder dub. It's the Dramatical Murder dub and, like, any four, um, like most of the four kids dubs in the 90s. That I mean, ca- even like, some of those are, like, above, are, like, one or two levels above the very bottom. You know what? Yeah, I would say that because Dramatical Murder didn't also have to try to go get cut around censors. Yeah. Like, that one's just bad. Like that is that is still I think like the benchmark of the worst dub we've ever talked about between the two of us. I, I can't um, I can't think of it because we haven't talked about what I consider to be the worst dub ever, which is I, I'll bleep this out so people don't know it, but um, I think it's. Oh. oh man, oh man. Yeah. But I think that I think the thing is that like there clearly was effort put into this, like. People, they clearly worked on this as if it was a project that they worked on, and and let's be fair, not every show that comes uh, into the world and gets dubbed is very good. Um, look how many like bottom of the barrel isekai Crunchyroll keeps dubbing instead of dubbing shit like Ezokin, which is really popular. Look at like mm. a lot of the early Sentai releases. Yep. Okay, to be fair, they also did, like, things, so, like, From the New World, so I can't be, like, that harsh. I mean, well, it's a mixed bag. Um, it's I a mixed mean, and we're bag. Gonna t- I, there are, I, I intentionally picked out um, shows that some of these actors have been in before uh, that are kind of, like, on the lower end of reputation oh, yeah. to kind of contrast that. And we'll get, to, like, I intentionally brought up Valkyrie Jai Mermaid. It's, you know, it's Which not something that anyone looks at. It's not anything that mm-hmm. looked 
on highly, but no one has tried to pretend like uh, the dub was unlistenable or anything like that. Yeah, like, even First Love Monster, which we we covered, like, very long time ago, like, it's not unlistenable. Which was... I still haven't finished. <laughs> Neither have I, and I never intend to. Um, <laughs> absolutely not. That is, that is straight up go-to-jail go to material. Um, <laughs> that is some fucking go-to-jail-ass material, like some of the shit in this show. Yeah. So, yeah, so, um, it but sounds yeah, like... Okay, yeah, so, point stands, so... it's just like... You you gold star for effort, but this is not something that I'm gonna recommend. Like I'm only gonna recommend you watch the dub because I don't think it's feasibly possible to watch subtitles of the show. Yeah, the vi- the visual aspect of it doesn't make does make it difficult for your eyes to focus on both of them. I mean, I did watch it in sub while it was airing originally. Um, and there are some characters who talk a lot. Um, Major props to some of the actors who had some of the longer lines. You know, there's some characters who have almost zero lines, and I'm sure they had fun collecting a paycheck. And then there are other characters who monologue nonstop or make quotes nonstop. And and we'll talk about those characters. But uh, in terms of the overall performance here, this is, I suppose, the best we could expect from Jerry and Monica, because Mm -hmm. if they had played it 100% straight, like if they hadn't, had some of the goofier elements or some of the flatter elements of it, then uh, it, it would sound better than maybe the content deserves. Like it, it would, it would feel tone dissonant from the wacky tone that the show itself is going with because the show itself is not played 100% straight. Like even discounting the visuals, it kind of acknowledges some of the weirder, questionable, please don't take me to jail aspects of it. Like it, it acknowledges sometimes. Those. Sometimes, and then it indulges in some of them. I mean, there's, okay, a lot of animators, like, expert animators talk about how if you want to make good animation, you need to study things that are outside of animation, or else it will all become insular. Like, read books, study theater, just study stuff outside of your field of expertise so that you get new ideas. This feels like a production that was built entirely by people who have only played video games and read manga and watched anime before. Mm -hmm. So that entire so that entire element of it means that it has to be a little self-aware and a little bit goofy, and we do get that with some characters. Some characters are allowed to be goofier than others, and I think those ones deserve higher props. Some other ones, like you said, just kind of checked out and didn't feel like they were really wanted to be in this production. Mm-hmm. So uh, I believe the best way to really illustrate that is to kind of get into who those characters are. C- characters in big air quotes there. Big characters air quotes yeah uh we're going what we're going to do is um a lot there are a lot of pairs in the show and what we're going to do is we're going to go through them pair by pair and hopefully not spend hours and hours on each one which we easily could do we could totally turn this into a ken burns style documentary that takes days and days but we'll try to keep it concise the first one we're going to talk about is we're going to talk about the first pair that we fight against we are going to talk about team chain and we're going to talk about the last pair that the uh, main duo go up against, uh, or at least one member of that group, which is Team Cocoon. So Team Chain is made up of Break and Bind, a man and a woman who use chains, horribly and, rendered CGI chains. I need to keep their kinks in the bedroom. It's very, it's very blatantly BDSM kink material because the way their powers work is one of them is like tied up in chains and her... And the more into it she gets, it's like the more powerful those chains I, can attack. I literally had to turn my TV down because 
I thought my parents thought I was watching porn. It would have been probably better if you said you were at that point. Because honestly, then yeah. they'd, under- they'd understand. They're like, oh, okay, horny. I get that. But if that you showed them this, two like, in the afternoon. You can't control the hormones. They're, 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 it's check when you don't know it. Sometimes, sometimes your big friend needs to run. You know what? Just sometimes you gotta <laughs> take. A... Afternoon delight joke here. There you go. We can't afford the copyright for that song, but imagine that playing here. And uh, to uh, fit, also talk about this group, uh, we're also going to talk about uh, one member of Team Cocoon, who is the final member, uh, is the final team they go up against. And the reason we're only talking about one of the members, Daichi, is because his partner does not have very many speaking lines, and the few she does, I believe, is provided by another character, who another uh actress who we'll talk about later up so we're just gonna keep i don't think she's even credited ever either way that's another problem is that i tried to find uh mayumi the partner's a va she's got a japanese one listed but on every source that i usually use to check voice actresses both uh behind the voice actress ann anime planet imdb nowhere does it list her voice actress so i'm going to assume that it was just another actress in here pulling double duty and you'll find out why when we get to that character so, to talk about these characters, Break is uh, played by Alejandro Saab. Alejandro Saab has been in uh, some shows like, uh, he's been in A Sister's All You Need as Haruto. He's been in My First Girlfriend is a Gal playing Junichi. Or he's been in Rising of the Shield Hero as La Arc Berg. Yeah. All great shows, I'm sure. One of I, would rather, I would rather sit through Handshakers again than ever watch Shield Hero. See, I picked out three shows that I know aren't really thought of as very good. Like, I actually saw more than one episode of A Sister's All You Need. I don't recommend watching more than one episode of the show. Um, His partner is Bind, played by Monica Rial. Now, I usually write down roles for for actors to fill out this section here. I didn't write anything down for Monica Rial, because I think everyone here knows who she is by this point. But if you don't, and you're new here, uh, she is Cruel Tepes. And Sarah, by the end, she is... I'm doing things off my shelf. Oh, there uh, you go. Uh, I'm, do, I'm trying to think... Uh, Suyu Asui in My Hero Academia. Yep. And she is Rize in Tokyo Ghoul. There you go. And those are actually respectable shows, so... Oh. Yeah, Monica's... Uh, the manga with... for Tokyo Ghoul is respectable. <laughs> the anime is... Your mileage may vary. <laughs> yeah. And uh, f- rounding out with Daichi, uh, we have Chris Waycamp. And Chris Waycamp is, uh, uh, let's see, what has he been in before? Uh, he plays uh, Master in Kakarillo. He plays Bruno in The Royal Tutor. And he plays Willibald in Isekai Quartet. Those are three respectable shows. <laughs> they are. I-, I got a little nicer when I got down- towards the bottom. Although I still need to watch The Royal Tutor, but I've heard good things about it. You, the Royal Tutor is great. Don't don't shit on The Royal Tutor. Alejandro's never. in that, too. No, no, I would never. I would never. Kakarillo is also a good show. So I, know these are... I need to buy part two of Kakarillo. I'm hoping it's on the right stuff sale like at some point this week, this month. So, so um, yeah, let's, uh, let's just break into it. Let's break into it here. I hate uh, you. Alejandro uh, is probably the, the flattest sounding of the main characters we're going to talk about here. I'm sorry to say. I, I don't think he's the flattest. Um, oh. 
I don't think he's- okay, he's only flat because he doesn't get any chance to actually build his character or his vocal roles. Um, Madoka, I'm sorry. I, I hate that I have to say this. She spends an entire episode hentai moaning. Yep. She has very few lines of actual dialogue. I love she. It's like distracting. It, Thanks, to give show. Her, now, to give her credit, to give her full credit here, um, I've heard badly dubbed hentai before. Don't ask me where I found it. I've, I've seen it before. And uh, moaning and sex noises is something that can come off as very unconvincing. And it Hey, Noah. Me. What now? <laughs> What's White Snake's seventh album? <laughs> slide, slide it in. Slide it in. <laughs> slide it in. Slide it in. There's now cluck like a chicken. <laughs> no, no. I don't do that without tips. <laughs> I'm gonna Fuck another- me! I'm going to take another sip of this. By, by the way, we, both of us have just, have picked our Both of us have alcohol. <laughs> Don't tell Lila, because she she told us no alcohol on any future recordings. Uh, we, That's we a lie. Of- I drink for the dubbies. We <laughs> earned it. That's true. For this one, we totally earned it. So I'm going to... Do I'm any drinking- of you... I'm going to be real with you, audience. Do any of you actually care that we're talking about the dub of this, or are you just here for the train wreck? Oh, we'll give you both. We'll give you respectable... Respectable comments and alcohol jokes. But yeah, no, there's bad heads I'm owning. At least Monica did a good job. And she she sounds caring and, like, she has a character for her two lines of Walla. Because, you know, like, at the in the very last episode where they're walking away and they're like, Oh yeah, I remember when those kids beat our ass. Yep. And they have they're such going- a horrible sounding relationship after that. They're just looking at guitars and like, oh, you want to be a musician? And Alejandro's like, yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, those kids are about to go punch punch God. I hope they have a nice day. Everybody's so chill after the battles. Like That's what I never get about these, these battle shows. It's they're chill so- during the battle in this show half the time. The fun alley fight in this is literally backed up by smooth jazz. Oh, the soundtrack the soul. on this is we- you're you're right, right. There's there's uh, classical orchestral music, or there's smooth jazz playing. It's it's like very not like you would expect like dubstep heavy techno beats for. Uh, I would have taken I would have taken the wub 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 wub. Ah, <laughs> uh, so yeah, this entire uh, duo here. Uh, the reason we're talking about them first is just because they're the first ones to show up. Um, uh, more people probably saw these two than any other because they saw the first episode of Curiosity and then checked out after that. But uh, believe it or not, there were other people they fought against in the show. Yeah, like, 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 no, you're the abusive scientist. No, you're the abusive scientist. You both fucking suck. They do. They do. So yeah. Literally, literally, when Chris Waycamp and the other doctor are talking about who's morally right, I'm sitting there in the back of my, sitting there on my Discord, yelling, "Show you are not smart enough for this. You cannot handle this. You are not Genrobuchi. Shut the fuck down." <laughs> yeah, they they do bring up some uh, interesting questions uh, throughout the show about like the morality of fighting or the. Or morals in general. Uh, the morals the- of giving birth to children in the ziggurat and using them as as the gifts from God. Manos, the hands of fate. Oh no, my children were at born blessed. They were cursed. Now let's take them to the deep southern church, watch them sacrifice a snake, and try to purify my Stop. demons. 
Are you referencing that Twitter post about the yes! last date ever? Yes! <laughs> of course you would. Dr. Octagawa is speaking in tongues! I need to find a screenshot of that and post it up or else <laughs> no one in the future is going to know what we're referencing. But yeah, Dr. Octagawa is speaking in tongues. So, okay, Chris Wakecamp's uh, performance in this, like, I, I want to give uh, some some props, some non-backhanded props. Uh, he sounds uh, all well and good when he first shows up because he's got a low and threatening business-type voice. He's like, you know, he's an adult-looking character who is, uh, you know, kind of brings the mood down a little bit by enforcing to the characters that what you're doing is not all fun and games. When you fight someone, you take away their wish or their ability to get a wish so that you're happy. And I bet you never thought about that before. That's, that's, that's the good parts. Like that's the, the respectable acting portions of it that Chris <laughs> gets to show off. And then we get to uh, the, the actual fighting scenes or the emotional moments later on. And where Chris Waycamp's character literally is written to have shitty emotional expressions. Therefore Chris Waycamp, an actor who is far more talented than belonging in this show. Hell, everybody is more talented than being in this everybody. show. Yeah. Has to be forcibly neutered of his acting balls. He does. Like, there's one line in particular where they're fighting each other, like the pairs are fighting, fighting off, and he's like, I can't believe it. They took the hand of her enemy. Yeah, like, holy shit. That entire final battle was one of the most boring <laughs> things I have fucking sat through, and I like Natsume Ono works. Ooh. So I love that- Natsume. No, I love Natsume Ono. Her shit's the best, but like, People co- like to call them boring because they're bitches. Uh, this this was not th- this was not that this was I can, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was this fighting was boring because of the the fact that it was just CGI objects uh, bouncing around the and screen the, each- and the acting from everybody in the in those scenes, in, including Chris. Like Chris, I love you. Like as a friend, not like I love you. Act. I love your acting. Mm-hmm. I love a lot of people's acting in this. Um, the way that the show purposely writes these characters, mm-hmm. combined with what we talked about of how much heart was, how much of everybody's heart was in this show, the way that it comes off in in final battles, especially in shit like this and death games and stuff. Like, I keep bringing this up because it's my favorite of the genre. Go watch the final fights of Fate Zero and how much emotionality those actors put into that or the ending of uh, Fate Unlimited Blade Works. Um, Watch how much emotionality and stuff they put into that. I have literally not watched a death battle death game anime this boring since Junie Tyson, which is the equivalency of watching paint dry. And a good, I think a good chunk of that is because um, there are no stakes in this. Uh, they, they try to set up the other fighters as legitimately competent or, you know, worth battling against. But you know, at the end of the day, that our main characters are going to win no matter what. And it's not always through, like, clever strategies or always working together. It's usually just by, like, believing in each other and having the greater willpower. Or in some cases, like, their fate willed them to uh, to get yeah we get into some tarot shit later on in the show or so or in in chris's character's case it's i want to fight to find their parents and save the twins okay Mm -hmm. cool you've literally dropped this on us in the last two episodes 
I don't give a shit about that because the series has gone out of its way being like, look at Kayori, she's come such a long way and blah 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 and you're never actually exposed to the other side because frankly the series is she can cook and speak um but you're never exposed to getting to see chris's character outside of these kind of like moments where it's like your sis that's not your sister stop acting like it was yeah blah 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 like you he's he's not a shaker yeah he's not a he's not a character he's a prop and he's acted like a prop. And, and like I said, Chris is a really talented actor and we're not doing this to bash on him. It's how much... And it's always a thing where a lot of people don't want to admit this about dubs. Um, is, yes, the quality of the dub is affected by the show that they're given to. You can ask an actor to act so far and some actors can push beyond the material that they're given. But sometimes even pushing past the material that you're given... If you're in such a, if you're asking, you're asking somebody to climb out of, if they climb five feet out of a 50 foot ditch, that's, that's, you're still in the ditch. Yeah. And this entire show uh, was kind of a fun exercise in, you know, what can we do visually without pushing story beats at all, which I, I fully respected when it first came out because I thought it's very difficult to make original content that has like something new and fresh on the story side of it. So why not just go the archetypal routes that we're used to whilst pushing the visuals instead? But that unfortunately does mean that a lot of these actors don't get to stretch outside of their normal, uh, uh, their expected archetypes, especially with things like Chris and um, Alejandro. It's very serious. And poor Monica. And then, well, a lot of it is not really going to lend itself to like saying, oh, this was my favorite character. Like, you could say, like, oh, this was my favorite fighting style, or, like, this was my favorite, um, you know, battle of the whole thing. Like, maybe, but you're not going to say that Alejandro's character, that break and bind, were, like, your favorite characters of the show. So, with that, um, uh, I guess uh, we'd say that uh, these actors uh, deserve better content. Content. And they've all, all, all of them have acted in much better content since. Right, right. And before this, so... That being said, I am kind of glad that they did uh, take this up. This uh, I kind of feel like this was um, almost um, shielding some of the newer talent. Because, like, imagine this. You're a new talent that is... Oh, very, this is a show very, that they would throw them to the wolves on. But, but imagine that uh, you're a new actor or actress, and you're very talented, and you deserve to be as recognized as some of the veterans, and then you're in this show, and... Uh, that stigma sticks to you. Like, people will only remember you for that and thus make it more difficult for you to advance further on down the road. If that was, like, the entire cast, <laughs> then I don't know if uh, we would even be talking about this. I don't think I don't think we'd be this this harsh either. Yeah. Yeah, we would probably... I don't think I'd be... I don't think I'd be this harsh either. I'm surprised this wasn't given to also a first-time director. I, I don't think they really had any... Uh, they, they hadn't really... Uh, created a field of people who were ready to take on that task just yet. They would, in, uh, Funimation would in later seasons, like 2019, 2020, there's lots of first-time directors. Or... Well, even, no, even back as far as 2016, because Jade Saxon's first solo directing gig was Token Rompu Hanamaru. Okay, that's a good point. So, like, it's it's happening all the time, you just don't know when it is, but, like, again, this is one of those, I'm very surprised that, one, they didn't give it to uh, a director who isn't handling two shows a season, mm. uh, 
or be a newer director, but that's final there's thought a, stuff. And I mean, there's a possibility, we'll move on in a second, but there's a possibility that because the show was very infamous when it first came out, like a lot of people were talking about it, they probably thought, oh, we should give this to a crew I that will. I think directors do- are determined before the show even airs. But there, no, there was like promo material coming out. There was, ah. there were trailers. There, there was like small clips that showed very heavily what the visual style of this was going to be. So it's not like uh, Funimation went into licensing this not knowing what it was that they were getting into. Ah, okay. So uh, moving on to some other characters here. Um, uh, these ones are a little, a little more fun and a lot more squeamish. Uh, let's talk about Team Sword for a little bit here. Um, if you're not familiar, Japan has this phenomenon called idols, which are essentially singers and dancers who we, are... We have... Sweet. Excuse me. America has them, too. Don't act like you didn't live through the era of Backstreet Boys and, and Sync. I... Okay, you're asking a hetero guy this question, first of all. Excuse me, we have the Spice Girls. You I'm had not the Spice British. Girls. I'm not British. They were big in America. For, like, a minute. Cheetah Girls? Okay, fair enough. <laughs> uh, Cheetah Girls. Um... Uh, okay, that was also ca- that was a little after my uh, my teen time as well. What my, the fuck my... were the British ones called again? One Direction. Okay, that's also after my time. Um, uh, my point. Okay, yes, people listening to this are familiar with what an idol is. But the reason I bring that up is because this set of characters here is an idol and her manager. Let's talk about Kodama Awaza and Hibiki Moriyama. Fitting uh, your fitting your cute idol girl, fat man, fat bastard in a hentai. I ever Kink. since uh, yes, we've had that idols. We've had idols for a while. Like as Zombieland Saga has shown us, idols have existed for a while. But it feels like a requisite that they have to be in every show now. <laughs> Screams in the direction of Lapis Relights, a show whose very existence I love and hate. <laughs> like, like, why did they make this cute? cutesy awesome fantasy world where witches can do magic by whistle tones and they have japanese looking fucking outfits and there's magic stereos and magic bell-shaped okay, glow okay, sticks okay, okay. I, I can break, dry, dry, bring it in bring it in we need that rage for later i will i will contain myself thank you so much have a cookie thank you <laughs> okay I'll so eat, i will eat i will eat this cookie raw xd Go nom nom on the cookie while I read the credits out. Nom, nom, nom. Kodama is voiced by Bryn April. Bryn April has been in such heavy hitters as Kotari in Day Day Live. She is Prina in Ladies vs. Butlers. And she is Nagure in Ultimate Otaku Teacher. All three shows that I started and never finished. Hibiki is voiced by Sunny Strait who is, uh, in more recent days, is uh, really good at playing, like, cute mascot characters, like Buer in Pandora in the Crimson Shell Ghost Urn. Ah, <laughs> uh, Noah's favorite things. Press F ports to play respects. Thank you. Every, I expect all the comments to be nothing but Fs in the comments now. Uh, he's also uh, Tamon in Drifters. Oh, God, I'm angry now, because I can't watch that. I can't watch the dub of that. Oh, I'll buy you a copy. Thank you. I'll, I'll reimburse you. And he's also... Uh, no for need. Something, for something that maybe the, the modern listeners may know him from, he's Augustus in Black Clover. Ah, uh, is that little, little fucking bitch, bitch king? 
I wouldn't expect any less from Sunny because just to jump into it, Sunny, stri- Sunny and Bryn are both great. And of all the characters in here, I feel like Sunny was having the most fun. Because he had. My question is, why was he two different named characters? I don't. Because he's know. also he's also his dad. Well, I mean, that's just it's just getting more and for a, your money. Okay, in the in a cast this small, oh. I will say this: though, don't double cast people. Okay, to be fair, um, uh, this char- these two characters don't show up until episode seven, and the dad shows up in the very first episode. So there's a again of- in a cast this small, don't double cast people. I'm not going to complain because I'm glad Sonny got to be Sonny all over this character. You know, oh, yeah. Okay, so like you were saying, he's like a you know, little larger sized uh, manager character, but he's uh, he's hamming it up. He, he They ordered Sonny with extra ham, basically. They ordered him Sonny side up. And he's, you know, his modulating voice is going up and down. He's a perfect match for this nerdy character who's super happy about helping his idol friend out. And every line, like he's got lots of goofy lines in here that match the scene very well. Even in this death game kind of scenario where uh, you could question the questionality of these two being in a relationship, it's still fun to listen to. I, I appreciate cartoony acting every once in a while. Yes. Also, B, your address has not changed, correct? Okay. You're not serious, are you? Oh, no, I'm dead serious. Okay. Uh, no, I have. <laughs> My address has not changed. Just type it in the Skype chat for me so I can double check. Um, I'll put it in later. No, I want to do it on recording. (laughs) Fine. 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 Fuck it. We'll do it live. Fuck it. We'll do it live. Do it live. Uh, While you're fucking doing it live, I'm going to talk about Sonny and Bryn, who, honestly, God, I think are actually the best two performances in the show. Really? Um, Like, Sonny's having a good time. Sonny's character is this, like, wacky... Like, I'm happy they didn't give him the fat guy voice. Yes, um, that's true. They, that is the bane of my existence, the fat person. Oh, yes. Um, And Bryn, Bryn had... I actually thought that was Alexis Tipton at first. Um, Understandable. Bryn had this this great confidence, airy, bratty attitude of hers. Um, I, I kind of started forgetting the actual character's name and just call it, kept calling her Nico. Because she looks like shittier Nico from Love Live. I mean, that's um, surprising. I wouldn't be surprised if that wasn't, like, a character inspiration. I mean, she is the idol's, the universe's number one idol, Nico Nico Ni, found dead in Miami. I'm, after... I'm, I'm refusing to actually agree with you because I haven't seen Love Live, so I don't, I, I haven't picked a favorite yet. I, and now Megan's like, you are dead to me inside. No, it's okay. Not everybody's seen Love Live. I'm not that type of person. I know I should, and I, I feel compelled to. I, I, just... I can't. I, that I, I I can't afford to buy you Drifters in Love Live season one. Don't. don't. Um, <laughs> I should have bought. Actually, I think it just went out of print. I, I should have bought it when it was on sale and right stuff. But that's my own damn fault. Yes. So, but um, I, I agree that Bryn's uh, performance has one quirk to it that is uh, unfortunately very difficult for any actress to cope with. She has to quote a whole lot. Oh yeah, this bitch keeps quoting fucking every. Every time, scientists, politicians, politicians authors, bo- poets. What? Who the fuck quotes Gandhi as they're about <laughs> to smack someone's ass into the dirt? There's a big part of me that thinks. I think what they did is they just the staff writers Google searched inspirational quotes 
and then grabbed a bunch of them and just slapped them onto the script because like it's like when you're writing a research paper and you're like shoot this paper is uh a few hundred words short of the count. Quick, let's pat it out with quotes from famous people. The professor will never know. If I type this double space 12.5 font, they'll never know. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, I'll give her credit. She was really in her... She's... Okay. She's not... Uh, okay, I said that they were the best performance of the show. Question. That's the next group we're talking about. I got them confused. Okay. She's pro- they're probably the second best because, like... They're trying, and she has this great emotional moment that I actually was kind of compelled by, where she's like, I don't even have fans, I'm just doing all this confident shit because of you, and da 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 and he's just like, it's okay, baby, I got you a Snickers. Um, <laughs> it's okay, baby, I got you a Snickers. And she's like, really? I'll keep trying. And, and no, the, the, the Snickers is not his dick. Um, There's not... There's not really a, a whole lot of parts that like tugged on the heartstrings, but she does get that that one revelation that uh, you know she thought she was performing that she had fans, and then we find out that it's all a horrible facade near the end. And you're like, I shouldn't feel bad for her, but I do kind of feel bad because that would tear me up inside. That that would tear <laughs> anyone up to find out that their their dream of being a performer is kind of a sham. Yes. And I'll, yeah, like Bryn's uh, crystal clear delivery uh, is c- carried throughout. For all the lines she had, like I'm sure her dialogue sheet was just like pages and pages of you got to say all these lines into the microphone. She never drops her uh, very professional uh, veneer at all. And it, yes. contrasts, it contrasts really well with Sunny because, like we were saying, Sunny's just all over the wall, just Mark hamling it up to the nth He's degree. He's having a great time. It sounds like it. Like it, it's not cynical. It sounds legitimately like someone who's having fun in the recording booth without ruining the character. This is not a ghost story situation where they took uh, straightforward content and just punched it up with Stephen Fosterisms. Oh boy, you've you've invoked the name of the devil. God damn! Oh, there's lightning outside my house now. Oh, why? Because and there's said... locusts and there's frogs. Oh, no. oh god! Oh god! All their they're croaking in a way, in, in a bad accent that's horribly stereotypical gay and saying the F-slur. <laughs> I don't really want to quote, I, I don't want to accidentally offend someone and quote ghost stories more, because I know I'd say one of the more offensive lines. Am I just, uh, is this all real? Man, I'm fucking with your mind. <laughs> you smoked all of it, didn't you? No, you smoked hey, all hey, of it. Hey, Serpico, put down the Krispy Kreme. We eat your house. Man, it's amazing that I matched the mouth flaps. Which I am actually something that has impressed me in the show is that they matched all the mouth flaps. Yo, we're running, but I feel like we're not moving anywhere. There we go. Oh no, my favorite version of that is Hey, it's the Jurara. The Jurara. Hey, I need you to tell me if I'm moving, but the building's staying in the same place. And in my professional opinion, you got fucking shot, son. Shot, son. <sighs> that's not the new Oh, that's, the, that's the next character. No. Oh, my God. That's who that guy. Oh, man. We get to the last group. I'll say it. Okay. Uh, but no, I, I think I'm good to move on from here. Yeah. So, so, but point being is that these two are probably the least problematic of the whole group that we talk about. And, I, you know, for much as we complain about idols being kind of shoehorned into content where they don't always belong, like, um, 
like the world god only knows or any or things like that it's not really a bad duo and I, I'm glad that we got like legitimately funny performances out of this whole thing. So major props to Bryn and Sunny. Uh, they were probably given the least problematic characters to work with anyway. Now mo let's move on to two characters who are also uh, not really problematic, but uh, just play the same joke over and over again, and that can get a little grating. Let's talk okay, look, they may play the same joke over and over again, but I'd still wish the entire show was about them. <laughs> It's not that, yeah, it's not that they're a bad characters at all. It's just that I, I don't like it when a character is only the one joke. Like, oh, they've got huge boobs. <coughs> Sorry. But I don't. Uh, oh, did you mean, uh, oh, did you mean, uh, oh, what's that show that's airing right now? Uzuki-chan? That's what I said, Uzaki-chan. Oh, oh, God. She looks like a fucking deformed Funko Pops with watermelon strapped to her. And she's not the only one who... There's someone in the show who also looks like uh, they got watermelon strapped to them. But we'll get to them into the next section. For, <laughs> for now, let's talk about Team Shadow. Let's talk about Chizuru Mitsudera and her man butler, Hayate the Combat Butler. I mean, Hayate Azuma. Life doesn't shit on Hayate that hard. Didn't his parents leave him with like a million yen debt on Christmas? No. Not this Hayate, that's the other Hayate. Right. Santa, what am I going to get for Christmas this year? Nothing, because you're poor. America, America. America. So, yeah, th okay, We're so. We're snatching people off the street. <laughs> <laughs> we have to cut that out. I, I need more to drink now. Hold on a second. Yes. Ooh. This is very good wine, by the way. And uh, by the way, this podcast is brought to you by uh, Oliver Brand Mead. Yes, we have Camelot Mead Honey Wine. It is really good, and it's uh, helping me get through this episode. This episode brought to you by Duff Beer. <laughs> beer brand beer. Beer. It gets you drunk. You drunk. <laughs> Du no, this is the episode brought to you by Smeared Off Ice Screwdrivers. Yeah, that's what you've got. I do wish we could exchange glasses, because I do actually want to try that. Oh, okay. man, next time I'm up there, I'll bring you one. Fair, and I'll bring you a bottle of this wine, because it's legitimately sweet, good stuff. You uh, could send it to me as a trade for the coffee of Drifters. <laughs> if, if we can get through the, the giant border wall that exists between Florida and the rest of the country, short. Sure. When the fuck did they put that up? Ron wants everybody to come in. <laughs> All right, moving on. Okay, so <laughs> okay, so Chizuru and Hayate are uh, they're essentially members of a business that are in the food industry. Their primary objective is to uh, install these new uh, buildings or self-serving kitchens. Um, a lot of that doesn't really lend itself to the plot at all. It's just a fun quirk that they have. But the th reason that Chizuru was even in the show is because she's designed to look like an elementary schooler. Um, and she's not. She's an adult. She's actually older than Hayate, who is her junior. But they, they hammer that joke home over and over again. People mistaking she's... Chizuru for being a little kid. And she has to say, I'm not a little kid. I'm an adult. Why are you acting like the boss? Get back under my foot, you bastard. She's there for all the people to wink to her and go, but she's really a thousand years old. D nope. <laughs> <laughs> you know it's true. I, well, the problem is that a lot of the characters have like very similar looking faces. 
and she, she's just shorter than the rest of them. So I, I feel like they wouldn't stop at just Chizuru. They would go to all the characters. I mean, just let's let's be real though. Chizuru actually has the one wish that I was like, yeah, you know what? You have rights. Um, her her thing is literally, I just want to be treated as equal and not be shamed for being a woman in the business place. Right. And also, B, can we please talk about the fucking restaurant's name? Cocktail corn. It's candy corn. It's cocktail corn. Also, B, they're they're basically a fucking Chili's. They heated that steak up in a microwave. Oh, certainly. And they, they drew uh, uh, grill marks on the steak with Sharpie just to make it look authentic. Dick. It's like a fucking Chili's, man. But, uh, so, uh, why even talk about them? Uh, because they're also another duo that fight our main group, and they fight with clones, essentially. That's why they're called Team Shadow. Kagebushin no Jutsu! Boom! I'm fucking ninja! Nar- ninja Clan, here we stand! Naruto, I'm on my way! Sasuke is really cool, and Sakura, the beautiful! Uh, uh, I, Have you never heard the German Naruto opening? No, I've I've only seen the the uh, Naruto or Bridge series by Lil Karibo. Oh my, that wasn't even him. That was Masako X and another dude. No, no, he no he did a um. Oh, uh, Naruto the Abridged spinoff. Transformation Spoof. sequence. You transformed into yourself. Sometimes I like to take this form and spend hours just looking at myself. I just I just I need to send it to you because it's so fucking good. Okay. And by good, I mean it's awful. No, that's what I'm looking forward to. Okay, so to actually introduce these characters, Chizuru is voiced by Sarah Wiedenhef. Uh Sarah Wiedenhef is someone that you've probably heard in quite a few things before, but uh, maybe you've heard her as Aika in Gonna Be the Twin Tail. Or maybe you've heard her as another Aika in one of the best shows that we've ever covered for this podcast, Showman Sample. <laughs> Bar titties! Bar titty everywhere! <laughs> Poor Alman. I remember when he got sucked into that episode as, like, his first introduction to this whole podcast. The poor man. That man deserves a bottle of wine. Uh, uh, Sarah's also been in a, a lot of other stuff. Uh, good stuff you've probably seen before, like uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. And, you know, she's just done a lot of great stuff. Uh, another person who's done some great stuff is Hayate's voice actor, who is Aaron Roberts. And he's been in stuff like uh, Wilhelm in Dies Irae. Uh, he's also been a couple of Michaels before. Like, he's been Michael in High School DxD, the whole franchise. And he's also been Michael in one show that I really need to get back to watching because I thought the first episode was really funny. Dime a Dollar, Prince vs. Penguin Empire, a.k.a. Penguin, Penguin Dicks. Dicks, Dicks, the series. Ah, oh, my front feathers, they're hard. <laughs> I don't even... I don't even know. I, I remember getting really shit-faced yep. one New Year's. That's when I saw that. And we... Did you watch Apocalypse Zero with us? Yep, it was you, Hardy, Lilac, and myself, and we watched Apocalypse Zero, we watched Dime a Dollar, and I think there was another OVA in there that you made us watch, but I can't remember which one it was. I thought I made, I watch you, I thought I made you guys watch the Dramatical Murder OVA. That's what that was. There was that was the dramatical murder OVA. Oh man, All, that was the new. That was the New Year's. I got really drunk and tried to eat an entire Pizza Hut pizza. I don't remember that part, but that sounds believable. It's me. Why wouldn't I eat an entire Pizza Hut pizza? Anything's a personal pan pizza if you try hard enough. Uh, yeah, you just you fold it in half and then fold that again, and voila, you got a calzone. Just like the Fuck. food they serve in this restaurant. 
Hey-o! Holy fuck, you're right. A pizza is just a folded over calzone. Holy shit. That's literally all it is. No, you're telling me I can just get a big pizza and, and then fold it over and yep. I have not a taco. No. But a calzone. Right. I mean, it doesn't hold together entirely like a calzone, but just, you know, squeeze the edges together. Maybe get some frosting to hold it together. And voila, you got a giant ass calzone the size of your head. Only, only with New York pizza. You can't use it with that abomination called... Chicago deep dish. Hey, with hey, its hey. Sauce, with its sauce no. out like some sort of marinara whore. Oh, <laughs> oh I, I could recite to you the entire, the entire no. Jon Stewart Chicago style pizza rant. I could if I wanted to. Oh, fuck, but, I love that. But I won't. Slice I, it open and slide inside of it like a tauntaun. For real, though, do you legitimately not like Chicago style pizza? I've never had it. I think you would actually like it. I've had it. Oh, I probably would. I probably wouldn't. And I'd get the shits after because tomato (laughs) sauce doesn't agree with me. You know what handshakers is? Handshakers is what comes out of my ass after I eat tomato sauce. Good God. And there's a lot of that in Chicago style pizza. Um, Okay, let's focusing on these two here. Um, Now, I think you were trying to say that uh, Sarah and Aaron were the best performance uh, duo. Oh, they were were having so much fun, too, especially Sarah. Like, I love when Sarah gets to play, like, gremlin-y characters and, like, not the Mm. cute little, like... Okay. Okay. At any other point in time, Sarah Wiedenhaf would have played Koyori. She would have been the little quiet waif girl. I, I mean, that that's debatable. I mean, because, okay, this came a out in early 2018. Sarah. So, like, soon after Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which... Early was, Sarah. Yeah. Okay, that... Er, mm, okay. Earlier Sarah. Like, I, I always knew her for, like, really soft-spoken characters. Right. Man, Hayate, Chizuru has, like, goals. I love her, and she deserved to be yep. in a better series than this. Like, <laughs> I feel like if she was put into a series with a more capable writer... That her motivations and willing to fight would be so well represented. And I think Sarah tries her damnedest. She never has a really flat line read. Nope. She's always energetic. And so is Aaron Roberts. Like, Aaron Roberts Mm. has been in some pretty questionable shit. And, I mean, he's not as pitch perfect as Sarah is at times, but I can still tell he had his heart in it. Now, see, I'm going to disagree a little bit on that because I feel like uh, Aaron was directed to be slightly awkward because he's not, yeah. he's not like a social, or not a social, he's not a uh, climb the corporate ladder kind of guy. We see him that he's just kind of, um, he's a little awkward, but he's comfortable helping uh, uh, Sarah's character out, uh, Chizuru out, and... Because of that, I feel like he was directed to be a little bit awkward. So he's got some weird line reads a couple of times. Like, there's one part where he says, yeah, they make me jealous. It's, and I can't re, I can't reenact that entirely here. But I don't think it was as pitch perfect, but I do think it fit with the character. And this is kind of that balance of having a goofier performance that I'm thankful for. I'm glad he was directed to be the way he was. Because if he was just the... Uh, kind of meek, meager, uh, put-upon guy who uh, Chizuru kind of pushes around with no personality in his voice, then it wouldn't be as enjoyable. They wouldn't feel like a well-matched pair. Yeah. Also, I'd like to point out that I put the bara bara titties anywhere. Andrew just replies back, bara bara everywhere and not a peck to squish. <laughs> You're welcome. You get to- I won't dunk on you tonight for that one, buddy. Tonight's dunk target, 
We all dunk, spin, spin, spin. Who are we dunking in the wash bin tonight? It's landed on Jamal. Oh, don't do that. No, Nobody deserves that. Okay, fine. I'll just uh, dunk on this show instead. I mean, okay. Can't you find, like, a fictional person to dunk on instead? Can I dunk on Ron DeSantis? Yes. Yes, you can. I had to think about Yay! that. Yay! <laughs> I was like, is that fair? Yes, it is. Go ahead and dunk on Ron. Fuck you, Ron. There you go. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like uh, I do agree with you that Sarah sounded like uh, I-, I wrote down that she felt like the least awkward of the cast because and here's the thing. She's clearly a Sundari stereotype. Uh, Chizuru is without the pigtails, which makes it very difficult to believe. But I'll, I'll try to believe she's that. Got, she's just got one big pigtail. That doesn't count. That do- yes, it no- does. Like, okay, according to the law of anime that was written by the anime gods millennia ago, all Sundaris should have pigtails. It's just the way things are. Look, I know they're the reins for when you're writing, but sometimes you just gotta take the reins in one hand instead of two, and a ponytail helps with that better. Was that and a... trust me, we all know that Chizuru and Hayate are fucking on the co- uh, are are. I we all know that no, Chizuru is getting some. About that. No, I don't want to think about that mental image. Come on, Chizuru's getting. Chizuru's totally getting some of Hayate's cock corn. I don't want it. No, no, you stop that right now. They are in a platonic business relationship. There's absolutely no shit. Yeah, De- business in the front and a party in her back end. <laughs> you just love destroying everything I hold dear, don't you? Yes, I do. He's gonna give her some cream corn! Stop! <laughs> this bottle no! is only half empty. Don't make me finish the whole thing off. I don't want to repeat. Make me! Of, I don't want a repeat of the Brothers Conflict episode. Make me! I can't. That's a sad thing. I have no control over you. Just like. Oh, if you think this section's bad, the next is gonna be worse and you fucking know it. How could it be worse? No, no, don't answer that either. I know there's worse <laughs> out there. I just don't want to think about what it's going to be. But no, like, I totally agree about Aaron having, like, dorkier line reads and stuff. Especially, I do think the only time that he was a little bit awkward is when he gives that huge info dump in episode 10 where it's like, Well, son, one day you're going to have to hold something besides her hand. May I suggest you... May I suggest you go up a couple of degrees and a little bit over to the right. Or the left, depending on where you're holding. I have to wonder if um, uh, the uh, home video release was actually uncensored, because there's a couple of god beams in some of the scenes in this show. I mean, it was definitely, according to Mother's Basement, he had to actually buy the DVDs to do a roast of this, because the version on Crunchyroll was so unwatchable to him. I mean, the, the I imagine the home video release wasn't any better, but yeah, I do remember the discussion about how uh, file compression made it near impossible to actually watch the material. Not to mention, like, it dims itself for anti-seizure and shit, so. I mean, I understand why they do that. I, I don't, like, if they do stuff like in the My Hero Academia opening where they- That's what they it is, that's dim, what it is. Yeah, I don't, I don't begrudge them for that. Like, I understand there's regulations <sighs> yeah. they have to keep. It doesn't detract from the show. Yeah, and I think they're actually even stricter in America. Like, uh, there was an infamous thing um, last year because a certain fandom cannot keep its panties uh, unbunched. Oh, boy. Where they started attacking uh, a certain company over the presentation of a certain show on a certain broadcasting, uh, broadcasting site. 
and the the head of that broadcasting block had you straight up said no it's not the company that is putting this in and the dimming and, and the stuttering in it's us because of a federal guideline for epilepsy and stuff mm-hmm. so much so that before this show airs they have to put a fucking epilepsy warning which to which true. i which we might as well need to say this yeah don't show this to a person with epilepsy no don't do that I'm we should have said we should have said that earlier I'm not surprised it did get broadcast for as seizure-inducing as it is. Like, maybe... Yeah, they can't show you fucking, uh... They banned the Porygon episode, but this is fucking okay for Japanese broadcasts. That, that, hey, that episode never even existed. <laughs> not it, not to Sarah not net it does. And... <laughs> so, 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 so sayeth the, uh, the actual producers of the show, they said, just treat it like an illusion or like a mirage that never actually existed. And so, so I'm gonna... Haven't. I'm gonna toke really hard and find a Porygon. You would, wouldn't you? Okay, so... I don't do weed. I don't do weed, but I love Sarah Weed and Hef's performances. <laughs> I do like this, too. And this was... I remember when the show was originally airing that some of us in the dub talk group... I think Hardy, in particular, was also watching the dub. And he uh, zeroed in on Sarah as being the one who sounded like she was trying the hardest now i don't think she was exactly trying harder than anybody else like i feel like everyone was trying but she did definitely sound like i said the least awkward of the entire group and that just fit better with her character archetype like she got her character and made every line sound like it was supposed to and I, I, yeah, I guess like, like you were saying, um, I don't, I don't necessarily think that these were like the two best acted of them because, I, like I said, I think Aaron was a little awkward in some cases, but it doesn't feel like it was a misacted portion. It feels like that was just how he was uh, directed to perform, kind of like how Sonny was directed to act a lot goofier than the other characters because that's <laughs> just how his character was. So, uh, all right, we've covered Team Shadow, who are uh, probably the most supportive group in the whole show. They keep popping back up over and over again. And I agree. I I wouldn't mind if the whole show was uh, just zeroed in on them. Who I am glad that the show was not zeroed in on, even though they keep showing up over and over again, is Team Card. And the reason for that is uh, twofold here. So Team Card is the student body president, Lily Hojo, and her younger brother, Masura Hojo. Uh, Lily is... Boing, boing, boing. Good lord almighty, could Gohans please animate her boobs in a... They're different sizes every episode! It is! It's not even that they're just uh, bouncing or that they're large. It's that the camera is constantly showing them moving around in weird in weird directions. No, no they're not even consistently drawn. In, like, and... This is like this is like my biggest gripe with, with anime. Mm-hmm. and Or one of my biggest gripes with anime. And a lot of specifically straight guys don't get it Mm -hmm. is this look i get it there is a a titillation and boobs that don't work right and boobs that are anatomically incorrect there there that's a thing that's the reason why things like extreme bara is popular to some girls Mm -hmm. i and i am a bisexual woman i find women attractive i do not find a lot of anime women attractive with these giant bazongas, these titanic titties, because they don't act like boobs. And they are there just to act on this access to jiggle. It's like you stuck two water balloons on a stick 
and you're moving them up and down. They're not moving like that. Girls with boobs as big as Lily are like saggy and shit. Yeah, they're they're not. And and yeah, that entire aspect of it is unfortunately what people zeroed in on because she was in the first episode and she keeps popping up throughout the whole show. Despite the fact she's. We had to we had to get the quote in there somewhere. I mean, and, and I'm honestly surprised that no one like ever makes a comment about that. For for as self aware as parts of the show are, that part is never like self awarely uh, addressed by anyone. Oh no, because they're they're too busy indulging it, and they're also indulging in the other aspect of her character, which makes which me feel is... absolutely horrible for her actress. Yes. So the other element, I said that uh, discussing this was twofold. One element is the character design. The other element is the fact that Lily is actually and canonically in the show attracted to her younger brother. Who need, need I not remind you? It, you know she's in high, high school. High school, I believe, and he is. Uh, I want to say like just starting middle school because he's very much into card games. Specifically, he's into a. <laughs> He's into a promotional tie-in card game called Precious Memories. Not to be confused with the figurines that you can buy at the Hallmark store. Like, this is actually a card game that is, you know, it's just like Yu-Gi-Oh! or any other Magic the Gathering-style battle card game. Except, I think... I wish I had my Precious Memories back after watching this show. No, you don't. You're enjoying every second of this horrible uh, nonsense. I'm enjoying talking about this nonsense. I did not enjoy watching the nonsense. Does this mean that you're not going to watch the sequel series? Absolutely not. It's not dubbed. There's a sequel, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, not only did this show get a sequel, it was a stealth sequel. Stealth too. sequel. They didn't tell <laughs> like, us it was. A I'm not even mad. I'm just impressed. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So go. And then in- Sentai was cowards and didn't dub it. <laughs> they're cowards so much as they like look we saw the the reactions and what the people had to go through for the first season we don't want to put the cast through that all over again in their defense they were dubbing better things like run with the wind and oh maidens and after the rain there we go i would i'm much happier that stuff like oh maidens got dubbed and over prioritizing wz i think that's how you pronounce it whiz with just the whiz there you go the wi- <laughs> oh god not- oh god, imagine imagine the whiz as done by Studio Gohans. We're talking about the the Broadway show, right? Yes. No, I don't want yes. a visual No, I don't want a visual. Yes. Thing. Stop. No, rewind, Absol- rewind. No, no, you have to live with that just like you have to live rewind. with with Chizuru getting some cocktail corn. Moving on to the actual discussion of members of Team Card. <laughs> Lily Hojo is voiced by Natalie Rose. And Masuda Hocho is being voiced by Trina Nishimura. Natalie, you've probably heard in some things before, like if you saw Luck and Logic, and I assume every one of you did, she played Nemesis in that show. If you saw Brave Witches, she played Georgette. And if you saw the Yuritasticness that was Citrus, she played the character of Kayo in that show. Trina Nishimura... Um, I did try to find other roles that she did that were young boy voices. Unfortunately, I don't think I've seen any that she's done before, so I apologize. I just grabbed yes, you some... have. I have? You've seen Yuri on Ice. That was a minor character, though, wasn't it? She... No, she was, um... Oh, um, what's it? The, the guy with the red hair, right? Kentaro. I think it was his name. Yeah, that's it. Okay. 
I mean, there were so many characters in that show. I, I, you know, I, I do remember that though. I remember him having one of my favorite uh, dances. Mi Minami, Minami, that's his name. Because his song is literally called Minami's Boogie. Thank you, thank you. I, I like that. I like that. Uh, amongst all of the figure skating, they had more like a, a tap dancing jazz <laughs> number instead. How can you not like a show where a soundtrack literally has a ripoff Journey song on it? Oh. I <laughs> Oh, I absolutely love the show. I love it so much, I even made Katsudan uh, the other night because I was thinking about that show. I'm the King JJ, Yay, no the one defeats, defeats me. I love, okay, I don't think you were in the car with us for that, but Amon, Hardy, Brutes, and I were in the car going to the first Airbnb when we went to Texas. W what year was this? The first year. Okay. Um... And as we're driving, uh, the theme for King JJ comes on in my car, in the car. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this sounds like another band. And we're all sitting there in the car trying to think it. And then Amon goes in the back and goes, fuck, this is just faithfully my journey. <laughs> That's exactly and it what hit it us is. All like a, and it hit us all like a truck. That's exactly what it is. Faithfully. <laughs> da, 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 da. Is what Lily wants to be to Masaru. <laughs> oh, boy. Where was I going with this? I, I was going to credit some other Trina roles, like uh, one show that we've done together. She was Mia in Endro, the card, the other card-collecting character in that show. <laughs> it all comes full circle. You know, I'm not, I, I mean, she, uh, what's she, she's Yukari in Rolling Girls, she's Francesca in Strike Witches, but screw it, she's Mia in Endro. That's what we're going to zero in on for this particular section, because... She's also played, you weren't on that episode, but she has also played a little boy. I think she was, um, I think his name is Delacroix in Code Realized, where she's another adorable little precocious boy. Yeah, I'm sure, I, I know she has, because she does it really well in this. I just couldn't yeah. think of any that I'd seen before. Oh, yeah, no, I was actually really impressed by her little boy voice. I'm just sorry that you had to be stuck to these characters. Yeah, that's what I wrote on my notes was that, um, is that, honestly, it's a, one of the better matches for tone to character, because um, sometimes some of the actors are just kind of doing a reading off of the script kind of read to it. No, I believed every one of Masura's line reads, because he is such a little shit. He is just, like, the embodiment I'd of... be, too, if my sister wanted my precious memories. That's not the... No, that's not the problem. The problem is that their parents are going through a divorce because their dad is a lying, cheating son of a bitch. That's the reason. Well, that and... And just, you know... Okay, yes, there's that, but his sister also wants to... Yes, to... yes, we get it. Yes, her... her his, sister his sister wants sister to activate her trap card. There's there's so many there's so many jokes we could make in here. Like she wants to digi his mon, she wants to yugi his o. He what are your card games you can think of there? Well, she wants him to yugi her hole. <laughs> Is it wrong for a girl to fall in love with her younger brother? And we're yes! on the screen. Yes! 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 It is! That sounds like a light novel title, right up there with "Is it wrong to pick up girls in a dungeon?" And the answer to that question is also yes. Yes, it's yes. wrong to do that. Just, just, oh my god, Natalie, I, s you did so much work with so little. She did. Like, like, it, it, there were times where it was flat and she definitely didn't sound, she sounded like she didn't want to be there, but I'm going to let her have mm. this. I'm going to forgive her because I wouldn't want to fucking play Lily Hojo either. I, honestly, I don't think there were very many flat line reads. There's, 
a lot because she's supposed to be a there's nice a lot character. Of, she, she's like there's a, a, there's a lot of really annoying mushrooms. Okay, there is one. There is one annoying line read um when she's shouting masura's name and that's like at the very end of their fight scene where she's like falling off of a, a building i think is what's ah, happening masuru. yeah okay so but that- like I, I i just want to talk about oh i'm sorry to interrupt you but like lily's entire character just gets shot from like orbit with a harpoon that says siscon mm-hmm. and Natalie doesn't get to act anymore after that. Well, she gets... She... Okay, she, she, go ahead. She doesn't. She gets these weird exposition dumps where she's like... She's literally like the... You don't have a lifeguard for your beach! This isn't a beach! This is a bathtub! <laughs> okay, yeah. And, and you're... Okay, so there's this like one part where... I think they're fighting, they're fighting, uh, Bryn's girl. And Koyori has texted her, and this is, like, the most infuriating scene in the entire show to me. It's her sitting on Masaru's floor, doing this exposition dump, where she's like, I don't know, I would, if I couldn't defend Masaru to- Yep. And, like- her tits have, like, the hentai sheen. Like, it's like two little Saitamas are, have been attached to her chest. <laughs> and, like, she's splayed out like no human should with her ankles behind her and her shoulders showing and her head down. And the camera keeps 360 no-scoping her <laughs> like she's about to get bukkake'd on by seven dudes. I know this is very crude, but it's the only way I can describe it because, like I've said, there's a lot of points at the show that can be just described as just make hentai. Um, but hentai wouldn't get a television broadcast. Don't tell that to interspecies reviewers. I wasn't going to mention that. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Um, I wasn't going to mention interspecies reviewers, but that somehow got a TV broadcast. I'm so, like, I'm really mad at the way that, like, fans acted about it, but fuck yep. if I didn't want to do that episode, episode of Dumb Talk. Um, I would have done it openly. Um, <laughs> I like, I actually liked that show a lot. Um, I can't stand its fan base. Um. That, that explains a lot of shows. Yeah. Uh, but, like, just Natalie's trying so hard, and so is Trina. I actually don't really have a lot to say about Trina, because... To be honest, she kind of faded into the background and it felt just very natural and just because the way the show just basically treats Masaru to be there for nothing but Siscon fetishes uh, or Brocon fetishes, mm-hmm. just I, I can't say much more. Uh, but Natalie, she's trying so hard. She is. And and I want to like this performance, but it it's just, God, I'm going to let you have this. But I've heard so much better out of her. Well, she's been and, given so much better. But she's not given. That's my biggest point of the show, is, like, all of these actors deserve to have better and have done better. Mm-hmm. And it's like, take the animation away from this, and you have a very bland and boring show that's hard to act with. I've said it before, you're stuck in a 50-foot ditch, and it, yeah, she's mo- she's climbed up about three feet. Doesn't mean she's still in the 50-foot ditch. <laughs> and there's no rope. The rope is a snake. <laughs> the rope is a venomous snake. That bites her and makes her want to suck her brother's snake. Stop. I'm I, done. I thought you were going to say something profound there, but then you had to make it sexual all over again. Why can't something that can't, why can't a sexual joke be profound? It's a, well, in this show, it can't be because it's made by horny 
20-something-year-olds who have only experienced women through he- mountains and mountains of hentai. And that's God. not healthy for anyone. Please, do not... Like, do you know there's a Reddit that's just called Men Writing Women? Uh, let me guess, it's very short and has absolutely no submissions to it. No, it's literally just people dunking on men how men write women in fiction. I mean, it, it's... Okay, so Natalie deserves a lot of credit for this because, as you we were saying, she's she's doing really a good job on this um, because she does not sound bored and she does not sound super annoying to me. Um, like a lot of Masura's lines is complaining about how annoying his sister is for always clinging onto him, and yes, that is annoying. But Natalie's voice never gets ear piercingly annoying. Like I've heard yeah. characters who are intentionally supposed to be annoying and not in a funny way, but just to be in a "I just want you gone" kind of way. Natalie does not do that because Lily is a very nice character. She's you know supportive. She tries to help out during the cultural festival, and she's cheering for her brother. We, we know near the end of the show she shouldn't be doing that because that's <laughs> not illegal. <gasps> and also because the bouncing from jumping up and down is probably going to break the Gohan's rendering software. However, <laughs> the ent- <laughs> Give it all you got, Adobe! <laughs> <laughs> you can do it, little Photoshop, I believe! Oh god, I, I, I Also, know that- why, did that, why did that kid that Masaru took on look like a human mole? <laughs> because we, uh... We're not nice to China and Japan sometimes. Like, let's just be honest and say what it is. It's a bad Chinese stereotype, and we can't get oh, away yeah, from it. Ho- oh, yeah, a regular Magic High School taught me that. There you go. It's a different studio, but same problems still persist. So, yeah, um, Natalie is going to be the example where I point to and said, uh, this is someone who easily could have phoned it in, put on, like, a cutesy Moe voice without um, uh, adding the nicer side to it. But honestly, she gave it way more than this show deserved. And that's something that you will not find if you don't uh, intentionally seek out shows like this. You will not find very talented actors giving a show more than it deserves. And I'm glad that we've watched the show for many reasons, but mostly to highlight those kind of performances. So, again, every good thing that Natalie's done since then has just been a further testament to how good she is. And same with Trina. Her entire... A uh, bratty boy voice is it's a believable young boy voice like in the same realm of anime voice acting normally is like up there with um uh what am I thinking of um uh Colleen thank you Laura Woodhall I was gonna say Colleen Clinkenbeard's uh young boy voices like it doesn't sound too far off from like the Luffy voice and that's not really a bad thing to the character um it's just completely consumed by the bratty persona not a likable character because all he does is just pick on his sister and there's a really really bad line that lily has where she's like but you know boys always tease the girls they like don't they and you can hear her and i'm like no you fucking don't you take that sexist shit and you get it out of here absolutely I, I, oh you poor broken girl like your father complex issues are going to eat you alive after school oh uh, just, just so yeah. yeah so uh that's uh that's the, the most problematic group we've worked with. Still, good job, Natalie and Trina. Let's move on to the final group here. And yes, we have, through this hour and a half recording, finally gone through all the groups here, and we're ready to finish it off with uh, the most vanilla of the entire groups. For all you normal people out there, this is for you. So, the main group that we've been talking about this entire show, the ones who defeat 
duo after duo and have to hold hands throughout the whole thing or else one of them will die. The boy is Tazuna Takatsuki and the girl is Koyori Akatagawa. Akatagawa. Thank you. And um, we're I've all... watched enough Boon Go Stray Dogs to say that name. It, it, that's. I was going to ask if that's a last name you've heard before because I've never yes. seen a character with that last name. Okay. Well, uh, well, no. Uh, Octagawa is the last name of a, a real famous Japanese author, Ryanosuke Octagawa. I'm sorry. Who wrote a lot of things, including the basis for what is one of Akira Kurosawa's most famous films, Rashomon. Okay, you say his most famous film, but I'm not entirely sure that Rashomon is his most famous because he's got okay, look, seven, seven samurai. Sa- samurai. Thank you. Was... Okay, fine. Most famous to us film geeks, bitch. I, I can He's made a lot of great movies. <laughs> movies. We could debate know, this but... all night. I know. I'm, I'm saying this because I also just did After the Rain as an episode, and that has a lot of references to specifically Octagawa's Rashomon. Yeah, and like. Here's the thing, if you watch Boon Girl Stray Dogs, or, and you're me, or, like, <laughs> Katie, or Andrew, uh, the Octagawa in that show, his move isn't Seven Samurai, it's Rashomon. Should... Because Rashomon is the, the story it's... for Octagawa. Yeah. But... Yeah. And it's a good movie, I highly recommend it. Uh... Which is really weird, because Kenji Miyazawa was in that, and his move is not Night on the Galactic Railroad. <laughs> It's a uh, be not defeated by the rain. I mean, he wrote a lot of stuff. Like uh, a lot. He wrote a lot of stuff. Also, be Night of the Galactic Railroad is a really weird movie that Noah and I would love to do a dub talk episode on, just so I could talk about the Titanic scene. Oh God, we, we'd have so much fun to talk about that. Despite the fact that there's not, I don't know, the oh. dub would be the most interesting <laughs> to talk about in that movie. We might just need to just do a podcast talking about just the movie itself, possibly because. It's it's just a it's a trip and a half that it is, and I'm, I highly recommend you people go watch it. It's free it's on, on Retro Crunch. Crush right now. Go watch it, and, and it's on Crunchyroll. That it is. Okay, uh, what's also on Crunchyroll is this show, and we're also going to talk about one more character here. Bring it all back around, full circle. We're going to talk about the token crazy scientist who is researching the handshakers phenomenon, Nagamasa Mikahara. Um, we we got to have at least one crazy scientist in the show. Alright, Tazuna is voiced by Justin Briner, and now I know you've never heard Justin Briner before in anything, so let me fill you in on some things he's done before. Uh, he's played um, Sumugi in Ensemble Stars. He played Quenzar. I love, I love Sumugi so much! Really? Oh, I can't wait for you to do Ensemble Stars. Su- yes. Okay, so Justin Briner actually almost made me cry in that show with that character. Mm. It's it, He's such a good boy. I love Sumugi so much. He's like my second favorite character in that whole series. Well, there you go. I'm ad- adding that to the list. Let me let me see. How many shows do I have on my Megan really I think you have list? three. No, no. I got at least 20 on this one so far. Where, where's Holy that? Holy fuck. Where's that? Well, no. You're supposed to do an episode on that with us. Let's see here. We got Sarah for the End, Tokyo Ghoul, Bungo Stray Dogs, Fate Zero, Token Rambu Hanamaru, Ensemble Stars, Udapri, Astro Lost in Space, Idolish 7, and of course, Mao Dai Zushi. Yes! Watch Mono! As you can see, people, my whole point of being on this podcast is not to actually talk about dubs. It's just to accumulate more recommendations from Megan. Yep. That's why he's here. That's why he's my bro. Love you, too. That's why he's my brother. So, uh, speaking of brothers, uh, other things Justin's been in before. <laughs> um, he's he's show in Fire Force. There is uh, something for the... 
popular people. <laughs> I've had this sweet albino shark looking motherfucker for five minutes, and if anything were to happen to him, I'd kill everybody in the room and then myself. Okay. Koyori is voiced by um, Laura Woodhall, and um, she's been in uh, some things like, um, well, if you've seen Senran Kagura, which is a very fun titty time show, uh, she plays Mirai in that, mo- in that show. Uh, if you saw Makagura School Suite, uh, she plays Himi. Um, one of the things that I really like, that's actually a good thing, is uh, she plays Mary in the Dot Hack Quantum OVA, which I cited as the best Dot Hack anything because it's the shortest and the easiest to get through. <laughs> it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't put me to sleep. <laughs> there's a there's a glowing endorsement you could put on the box set. <laughs> I, I haven't seen it. I'm saying that's you. Oh, okay. Well, no, you're right. It didn't put me to sleep. Okay, uh, and then finally, Nagamasa is voiced by Anthony Bowling, and he's been in he's been in a couple of things you've probably seen before. Um, speaking as another death game show, uh, he plays Tatsuya in King's Game. Uh, he plays Orito. Cinematic, sorry, cinematic masterpiece King's Game. I still haven't. I am inclined to finish that, even though I know it, the first two episodes I saw were. Really I will not bad. touch it because I'm not stupid. It's not great. It's really not great. I'm not stupid, nor did I promise thanks to people because I don't want to say Steph, Gigi, and Zen are stupid. <laughs> I mean, I guess we're we're only gonna live for an X amount of time, so you're probably smarter to devote your time to the good things instead. Oh yeah, let me watch a good. Let me watch a good anime like t- the Titans Bride. No comment. Although, speaking of good sh- things, uh, Anthony Bowling was chimp in My Bride is a Mermaid, which is one of the better romantic comedies that's come out in the last 15 years. And not enough people talk about it, so I'm giving it its due props here. Um, there's no real way to jump into this here uh, without being uh, slightly mean. So let me just say this. Laura Woodhall doesn't say anything. Or doesn't say Laura Woodhall much. doesn't talk for nine fucking episodes. So, <laughs> Laura Woodhall had the best job on this show. Not doing shit. <laughs> uh, I, I'm going to double down and be a little bit more mean. This is probably one of the worst performances I've ever heard from Anthony Bowling. Really? Absolutely. He is an actor I really like. That's why. Okay. He's also, also this character is just a knockoff of the doctor from Durarara. Well, in looks and appearance. Oh, you say that. I, I was going to say he was a knockoff of the doctor from Angelic Lair. The, uh, oh, fuck, it's like this. Oh, weak. dude, it's like the two of those dudes had a butt baby. It, it really is. Like, the doctor from Durarara was kind of goofy, but he was, like, he was. I, I at least thought he could perform medical surgery. <laughs> this man isn't even. I don't think this man's ever been to medical school. Ah, <laughs> uh, Toy Story. Later, I love your movies. For <laughs> but, I don't um. Think that okay. man's ever been to, he certainly hasn't been to fu- in a, a fucking ethics class. According to, <laughs> according to the third movie, uh, Sid actually got better because there, there's like a fan theory that he's the garbage guy uh, that we see at the end of, uh, that we see uh, bringing the characters home at the end of the third movie because he's yeah, got no. a similar <laughs> shirt to the one that Sid was wearing. The, the, he's like the garbage guy that's like banging and playing the drums on their uh, freaking uh, mailbox route. No, I was talking about uh, Ibikahara. Is that man has mm-hmm. never been to ethics class? You're right, he has not. <laughs> like there are just points where Anthony's reads are like, I feel like he should have been punching it up, but he was so subdued and just like not into it. Mm, like I, I didn't like the performance very much. I thought there was way too many flat line reads, 
And this is a guy who I absolutely think knocks it out of the park in a lot of other shows. Like, when we get to Ensemble Stars, I, we will talk about that, because mm-hmm. he is another performance in that I genuinely very much like. Um, so, he's trying his best, but half the time he's just an annoying info dump, and you're just like, why are we here? Well, that's, why are we talking to you? Well, that's the problem, is well because he's our only access point into explaining... Uh, First of all, that Koyomi and Tazuna have to hold hands or else she will die at the Shoot. beginning. I mean, I'm going to be real with you, Shinzo Abe. This ain't going to solve the declining birth rate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, that, that's harsh. That's very harsh. For those who are listening who don't understand. Every time I can get that joke in, I'm going to. Yeah, Japan's got a, a problem with uh, people not fucking enough, so... Uh, there's been a, a real attempt to try to get people to start procreating more in Japan. And as you know, by the laws of anime, holding hands is the equivalency of having a massive, like, having a massive sexual experience. So holding more hands at once is a gangbang. L- look, um, <laughs> look, look, people, just because we think the joke's about your left hand being your girlfriend does not mean that holding hands with a girl makes her have sex with you. Those aren't the same thing. Only in Twilight, don't have sex, you'll get pregnant and you'll die. <laughs> That's... In this case, if you don't touch her, if you don't be heterosexual with her at all times, she will die. <laughs> um. Yeah. Okay, so, but, uh, but to be fair to Anthony, he has a lot of dialogue, where a lot of it is exposition dumps about how I used to be a handshaker, I've been researching this for a long time, I don't even know where Koyomi, Koyori, yeah, Koyori's Koyori. parents are, or where she came from. And how- Except for she does, because they went off to fight God. <laughs> Again. I mean, I- Oh, thanks, Dr. Octagawa. Pick up some booze on the way back from punching God in his testicles. In his new testicles. So, um, yeah, Anthony's, uh, I-, I get what you're saying when it comes to him, um, uh, being flat in the line reads. And I, I did write down that he does have uh, a good handful of read off the script deliveries most of the time it's just for the uh the exposition dumping kind of lines but when he's uh being on the sillier side and he's talking about um like really looking shumai or i got some pork buns like he sounds like he's having more fun and i like that he punches to a point but i still felt even in those moments he was too subdued and too flat for being like Here's the thing, you brought up Wiggly Ichan. Mm-hmm. I'm still am memorable about that performance because even when, it, like, that guy punched it up for the better and it works. Mm-hmm. And I feel like they didn't do that enough here. And uh, I'll get to Justin and, and Laura in a minute, yep. so, but you go ahead first. Yeah, the, I don't, uh, I just wanted to throw that out there because, and watch the whole thing, because Anthony's one of the characters who we see from episode one to the end. He doesn't fall off the show. He keeps coming back. And um, even though he clearly exists as a prop to, you know, perpetuate explanations and help us understand, like, why uh, Tazuna and Koyuri have to be holding hands together, have to be partners and all that, I, I do, I did enjoy at least three quarters, I'll say this, three quarters of his overall delivery. It's slightly nasally, like, uh, it's nerdy where it has to be, but it's not annoying to me. It, it's on the flatter side in some parts, but it's not annoying. Yeah. And I appreciate It's not that. annoying, it's just flat. Yeah. And I, I appreciate that. Like, in, in a show where, and I said this about some of the other characters, they didn't 
have to go as ham as they did in some cases. I would much prefer 75% over-the-top enjoyable line reads and 25% flat ones to, like, the complete inverse. If only 25% of his lines were memorable or good to listen to, then I wouldn't be as complimentary as I am. I just think it's still a little too fat, flat, and that's, again, a big issue I have with the show, and... Mm. Again, I will save a lot of this for final thoughts. And then Justin and Laura's really hard to critique because she's just so soft-spoken and, and cutesy moe, and she doesn't do it for that long. And even when she does, like, it's so soft and it almost blends into the background. But that's... And I do feel like um, we have a hard time doing moe voices sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. Like, look at something like... Um, uh, a recent thing like Zombieland Saga, for instance. I yeah. in that episode, I was a little critical on some of the more moified voices because it's not always easy mm-hmm. for English actors to do that well. I feel like Laura captured the soft-spoken yet still confident mm-hmm. voice that we needed out of Koyori's character once she got to the end of the show. Because, like, so we don't really hear her speak until near the very end. And yeah, and- I just no, I just mean a, a general thing. I had a hard time hearing her over the background music. I, okay, that's fair. Um, and also, this was the the actress who I think plays um, Mayumi. The uh, yeah, I, I, I again, it's uncredited, and we don't have the DVD. And Crunchyroll, that's the thing I want to criticize Crunchyroll for is, hey guys, the home video masters exist for a lot of your shows. Please fucking use them mm-hmm. because we can't like we don't have any other way to read the uh, English credits anywhere. And actually, please put your English credits on the back of your show for home video stuff. Mm-hmm. This is something I called out in Joker's game, yep. where that didn't have it either. Yep. And frankly, Crunchyroll, I'm going to say it, you guys are shit at crediting your directors and writers. You are just now getting off your fucking high horse to credit your actors. Also, pay your fucking translators. Yeah, we, we, won't, even, um, we won't even try to defend that one, because that whole uh, debacle is pretty undefensible. And, I mean, there's plenty of ways to credit people... On the video release, you can do the Funimation thing where you remove the Japanese text over the end credits and put English text over there. Or you can do the Sentai thing where you run the credits as normal and then have a post-credit that's what black they do screen. On most, that's what they do on most of the Funimation combo uh, releases mm-hmm. the, with Crunchyroll. Like, I don't know why Crunchyroll just, like, and honestly, like, this is my own grape and I know a lot of people are probably, like, not. I actually hate when it's the black swirl thing. And not just integrated into the actual credits. It makes it look really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's that. Uh, but Laura, Laura, I couldn't always hear her, but what Fern I could hear, I think it did a good job. I think you're getting knocked at. Um, Hold on a second. Oh, uh, Jennifer just got home, and now she's knocking on the window. Oh. Oh, apparently the door, the front door's locked. Hold on a second. <gasps> Go and lock your front I door! I didn't do it! It wasn't me! I think the kids did it. Hug your wife. The kids took... Uh, uh, one of those plastic light bands that you put around your wrist, and they put it mm-hmm. over the door and the lock so that she couldn't turn it. Wow, your kids are getting evil, man. Uh, apparently, this is this is intense. It's fucking man. That's some devil shit. I'm proud. Yeah, Megan's proud. Jenny's Jenny's good. Uh, no, so Justin, good Lord Almighty, Mister Briner. <laughs> carry this stuff on your your tiny anime back um even he though like i would mm. not say this is justin's finest moments no um i have i have 
been through like Justin Reiner is one of the mainstays of English dubbed anime of the last couple years for a reason. This is not one of those moments. Well, here's the um, here's the problem. I'm gonna say this, um, and I'm gonna preface this by saying that just because he's renowned, like his voice is super well heard and mm-hmm. stuff like My Hero Academia, yeah, I don't think that was the issue here. I think the issue is that I do think he was miscast. I'm not gonna say. Oh yeah, I don't. Yeah, okay. All the other actors you've seen here, their voices, their pitches pretty much matched what character they were going for. The problem is that Tazuna is uh, kind of a wimpy guy. Is He's you know, a little more on the softer, not really uh, well, intimidating Justin's side. Played those, Justin's played those characters before. Mika from Seraph is a little bit more softer, but he is more intense. Um, he had that fucking character from Taboo Tattoo, who was a wuss ass before getting his ass beat in by Monica's character, which, <laughs> God... I would watch Taboo Tattoo before I'd watch this again. Um, I remember editing that up, the episode after you guys recorded it. I, and let me tell you, people, editing a Dub Talk episode without having actually seen the show itself is a trip. It's it's usually I, I punch things up a lot and make a lot of really bad jokes. Um, <laughs> but and it, you can't leave me and Andrew alone in a room. It's like leaving the... Have you ever seen the, Negima? Yeah, bits of it. Do you remember the Ninja Twins? Not, no, I don't think so. Basically, that's what happens when you leave me and Andrew alone for like 20 minutes. Um, we're like two gremlins that'll burn things. Oh, certainly. Um, you, you, you guys are like the, the triplets from um, uh, Yuri on Ice, except two <laughs> instead of three. We ate the third one in the room. <laughs> <laughs> that's a dark image. Back on the topic of Justin, though. Um, Acting-wise, I think his acting is actually very good. Um, I'm just not sure yeah. that his pitch, uh, his regular pitch, fits the the wide-eyed, uh, tinkerer, es- uh, pacifist aesthetic. That's the thing, is that Tasuna is uh, most described as a pacifist, because he doesn't really want to do any of the fighting. He's only doing this because uh, losing a fight <laughs> would basically mean that uh, his porcelain girlfriend dies, and you know we can't have that. So, that because of that, Justin's voice, which is very energetic and very positive, uh, feels a little bit at odds with that pacifist personality. Great acting, just I feel like it was maybe in the miscast department. I just I just don't think that... I think he carried a lot of this on the ba- his back because he has to as this character. He's the only character we see the whole time besides uh, uh, Mikahara. But, like, this isn't my favorite work of Justin, or, like, even the best. This is just honestly, like, yep, I did this. I did this show. <laughs> and I, I can say that because, like, I've seen him in things like My Hero. I've seen him in things like, um, I'm trying to think of other things that he's been in that I like besides Seraphah, the end. Uh, uh Fire Force. Uh, I haven't... Okay, so let's be real. I haven't actually watched, like, the back half of Fire Force Okay. Uh, um, ensemble stars. Yeah, okay. I liked him a lot in that, but that's not, like, another big name thing that, like, a lot of other people have seen. Well, Fire Force and My Hero are probably the bigger ones. Like, when too, we, too bigger. When we think of big shows, we think of stuff that's gotten a Toonami broadcast. Like, yes. Yeah, I have, to, I have to clarify this as big for weebs. Big for, like, people into really niche shit who are watching all these episodes and being like, what the fuck is this show? <laughs> and then there's uh, people like who only watch stuff on Toonami. Um, Sars Omni. There we go. That's another good episode, a good performance to bring up. That, that is definitely not a mainstream show. Mainstream show. 
also be that set is gorgeous. Um, yep. the, the art on that set came out really nice. Like, but Sauron Zomni is something that I think is like something where you can really see Justin's acting chops on full display outside of my hero. This is not his finest moment. But again, it's not bad, and I think that's just... I guess it's time just to rip the band-aid off for final thoughts. Okay, yeah, let's do that. And I'll just close this off by saying I do want to give high props to Justin because the character of Tazana has to also explain their fighting style a whole lot because the director of the show itself, I mean, like the Japanese director, doesn't trust the visuals to actually explain what's going on. So they have to have Tazuna explain, like, we're now jumping over a building. We're using our gears as a sword to fly It's not there. that deep. It's just, like, he, he, like you said, he had to carry the show on his animated back. Director of the show, it ain't that deep, Chief. It's not. Um, and let, let's use not. it to transition into our final thoughts. Which, I, I guess, I, I promise I'd do this. Mm-hmm. I... I say this to a lot of people. I don't like death game anime outside of Fate Zero and UBW. And here's why. This show is a prime example of why I fucking hate this genre. These characters are not given character outside of their wish, desire thing that they want. Mm -hmm. They are solely bound to be written by this wish. And... Some directors and writers can take that and flourish them into characters beyond that. And I say Zero more than UBW because Zero has a well-rounded cast of fucking awful people you don't want to root for. But by the end, you root for some of them, even though their wishes are petty, immature, and stupid. And this cast of characters has wishes that are petty, immature, and stupid. Some like of them, the but. the only character I think the only character like I said I was super into their wish was Chizaru because she wants a wish for equality. Yep. She, the other characters, oh yeah. my wish is to bone my sis is to bone <laughs> my brother. My wish is to save these two girls whose lives I help fuck up in the first place. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't even know what Breaking Vines wish was, and I don't and. <laughs> I guess their wish was for... I guess Bind's wish was for a safe word. Um, <laughs> Please, God, just give us a safe word. I want, word. These rugs the safe word is me. The safe word is... The safe word is getting the... Knocking the power out. And then uh, Kodama's... I guess you could also say, oh, she doesn't want to be forgotten and she wants to be the best idol and she... Granted, That's... by the end of... Uh, her wish was she wanted to be God because she is God, which, fair. Um, okay, Gilgamesh, sit down. But, like... <laughs> Okay, the not, reason that not another biblical reference. There's already a bunch of weird biblical references, like Ziggurat I will and Nimrod. Not, uh, I will not lie that the line that killed me the hardest was Justin going, "Her Nimrod is so beautiful." Um, Completely, and I say this okay, with like the most serious tone in the world. Um, <laughs> I say this as somebody who watches Bungo, Bungo and Alchemist, mm-hmm. or needs to get back to Bungo and Alchemist, which I hope they dub only because. Do you want to know what the bad guys in that show are called? Wait, wait, the, the, the worst, bat, like, the actual villains of the show? Yes. It's gonna be something silly like, uh, witches flying monkeys or something, isn't it? No. It, they're called the Taints. Okay, I thought Star Wars' Bad Batch was a bad name, but the Taints, that's even worse. <laughs> Someone's gotta seriously say, we have to take out the Taint. Um. But here's, it, it, back to my point. Is this. If you don't flesh out these characters beyond their simple motivations, 
And in this case, the show could not fucking do it because they took artistry over story value instead of balancing them. You get you get characters who aren't characters, and you get scripts that are less of an actual story and more moments that progress like two slogging gears together, <laughs> and then you force people to dub it, and you get this. This isn't a bad dub by like any stretch of the imagination, like we've said. Mm. It is tolerable because the show is badly written. If, and, and everyone's like, why are you comparing this to Fate Zero? Fate Zero is the greatest thing ever made by UFO Table until Demon Slayer came out. And, and here's the thing. I know a bunch of people who find Fate Zero, who are into battle game animes, to be completely boring. Because Fate Zero is one, a show that has double the length of this with two different hour-long episodes in it. But Fate Zero takes the time to actually make their characters people. Sure. And that's why it fucking works. That's why I think that dub for Fate Zero is so fucking good and has two performances in it that I would call close to perfect, where I actually think the Japanese version is inferior. This is not that type of show. This is a badly put together show that has earned its reputation for being bad, but not in the way that it should be. Throw out the whole, like, the animation is bad. Because to some people, yeah, it's a fucking train wreck. It is a CGI vomit fest. And what really weirds me is that that visual aspect would have been perfect if they only used it in the ziggurats, in the battles. Yeah. Look at something like Madoka Magica, where they go super crazy on the visuals in the witch's labyrinth. That would have made sense for it. But for some reason, they decided the entire world had to look like this. And it clashes with it. And there are other points where it's just super cheap. Like, I'm pretty sure a camera, like, clipped through a kid's head like a Bethesda project. Um, <laughs> I think that the dub cast and crew for this worked as hard as they could with what little they got. They were kicked into a 50-foot ditch by Leonidas and given various tools to get out. Oh, no. Can you hear? Okay. Can you hear me? Yeah, you're fine. Okay, it dipped out for a second. Okay. They were kicked into this hole, given various tools to get out, and some of them climbed a little higher than others. Is this a show that I think that you should all seek out and watch? Absolutely not. No, mm. do not subject yourself to this unless you're a fucking sadist. Well, okay, okay, I'm, I'm gonna... In my opinion. Okay, in your opinion. Yeah, this is my own personal opinion. This is not a show that I would actively want to watch again, nor tell anybody else to watch. But I don't, and it's not because I think the animation's bad. It's because the story is bad. Right. It's because these characters are badly written characters. This is, like I said, a very, outside of the animation, a very boring show. There is tonal whiplash. There is musical miscommunications. It's, they don't know what they wanted. And... And frankly, Gohans was already known for another series called K-Project, which I think a lot of people genuinely very much like. And have I've been told is actually pretty good, and I, I own it, and I want to sit and actually watch it. And you know what? If Gohans tried to make another original anime, I would probably actually watch it. If they were to bring on someone who is a more capable director or writer, mm-hmm. bad s- studios known for bad animation can put out good work. Studio, I want to bring up this name, Studio Naz. Studio Naz was known for doing some pretty infamous shit. In fact, let me pull them up. I think of Tanya Uh, the Evil as the the most prominent. Uh, uh, No, that's Studio, that was Studio Nut. 
Oh, oh, I got them mixed up. Sorry. Yeah, no, that's Studio Nut. No, Studio Naz has worked on some pretty infamously uh, bad anime. Uh, like, Dramatical Murder. My Sister, My Writer. Uh, and not infamously bad, but the dub gets a lot of flack. My First Girlfriend is a Gal. That is oh, what that, yeah. s- that studio is known for. And like I said, it, you can give a studio that's bad a good writer and a good director... Because you want to know what else Studio Naz did that's an original anime that a lot of people really like? They are the guys that did It Invaded. Which is an anime that a lot of people liked from this year. So it's not that Gohans can't do good anime. It's that the team that was behind this deliberately did their animation the way that they did. It's the story that falls apart. And at the end of the day, when a voice actor is doing acting... They're not going to give two shits about the visuals that's there. That's not their problem, except for matching blap flaps. (laughs) Their problem is the dialogue that's in front of them. That's what they have to act from, too. So even if the front of of it also can be shiny as shit and great and beautiful and done by, like, the gods at uh, Studio UFO Table or, uh, oh, God, Kinema Citrus. Oh, yeah. But if but if you put a bad writing and bad dialogue and bad character motivations there too, that show and that dub is still going to suffer no matter how good it looks. That's true. And although and I don't disagree with you there. Like if I was in a writing staff for anime or any uh, visual media of any kind, I would think that well i've only got like one shot to make this really good let me try a little bit harder than the bare minimum or the archetypes that everyone's already familiar with <laughs> so th- the fact that this got produced at all and that it even got a sequel is honestly very surprising to me that being said i can't hate this uh for those reasons entirely solely because if you're go- okay it's a memorable kind of awful it's the kind it, it yeah it pushes I don't know if it pushes boundaries exactly, because it's not like incest is new to anime. It's not like um, child, um, adults who look like children is new in anime. It's just that they hadn't really been mashed together like this before. I, I feel like this is a unique experience, even if it is a bit boring to watch, because you're constantly thinking of better kinds of shows that are kind of like this. Uh, just to talk about the, the dub, like on overall here... Uh, this was not the best dub. I wouldn't go so far as to call it a bad dub, but it is bad by 2018 standards. I'm definitely going to say that because we had mm-hmm. a standard for what anime dubs or any voice acting quality should be like. And this dub is kind of a little too all over the place for me to call it a good dub. It's it's right there mm-hmm. in the middle grounds of content of stuff that these people are very talented they've done great work before both before and after this just was not their a material Mm -hmm. now all that being said do i recommend watching this i absolutely recommend watching this maybe not alone like i know you said that you don't recommend people watch this what about watching it in a group like the kind of oh you're in a group and getting absolutely shit face go for it there's a a good way to watch it there like there are some anime that are entirely like that it's like the two girls one cup of anime where you you don't watch it because it's just a good standalone story you watch it because you got people in a group and you kind of want to see their reactions to it you want to, it's like, it's like Hardy dragging you into the room and making you watch Mad Bull 34. Absolutely. That was a, a lovely experience. That's an actual thing that happens to you. That, yes. And that's not something I would trade for the world. 
So, um, in the same way that I feel like Promare has kind of become a new show, or no, a new movie that will act as a gateway for a lot of people, kind of in the way that stuff like Ninja Scroll used to be in the past, I feel like Handshakers will be the new gold standard for the infamous bad show that people will ha- will know about and feel compelled to check out just by the reputation alone. Um, and that being said, I think we pretty much covered all of our talking points on the dub here. If you're still watching this and you're like, oh my god, these people are crazy. They still th- th- they talked about a show that's terrible for two hours. I'm impressed. Thank you for listening. Welcome to, to, welcome to the Dub Talk Podcast. I mean, we're not even doing this for a podcast. We just did this for the fun of it. And we just happened to oh, be yeah. recording it. We just happened to have our microphones on at the same time. Yeah. No, this is probably going to get edit- a lot of editing. So. <laughs> yes. So um, I think uh, I think that pretty much wraps it up. Um, if you are so inclined to watch Handshakers, and I don't know why you wouldn't be after this praise <laughs> we gave it, you can watch it on Crunchyroll, uh, both in sub and in dub. Uh, it's all, all 12 episodes are available. There is also a sequel series called Wiz that we talked about, which is available sub-only on High Dive. And um, if you don't have subscriptions to either of those uh, streaming services, we highly recommend it. It's a very affordable way to legally mm-hmm. promote the anime industry month after month. And there's also, yes. from Funimation, a home video release. You should definitely buy the Blu-ray copy of this show. Even be- Please, please buy the Essentials version. It is $15, which is still $15 more than this shirt. Deserves <laughs> to have spent on it. Absolutely. Um, that is still $15 more than you should have ever spent on this. I, again, I'm glad. I'm glad it exists. I'm, I'm glad. I, I, you know, I'm glad it exists only because this happened. Oh, I'm glad. I'm glad for this very much. So, and also, as someone who likes to study like the dark periods of animation, like uh, I, I'm a big fan of the '70s of animation when people had no money and were just doing really weird, crazy stuff because there was no budget. I, I'm glad. Fuck to it, see we'll that. do it live. That's basically what it is. Fuck it, we'll do it live. Absolutely. So, uh, that being said, uh, we want to give a huge shout-out here to our patrons. These are the amazing individuals who support us on Patreon and are getting a much-deserved shout-out here. We want to give a big shout-out to our $5 patrons. Please give a round of applause to Nico Robin, but with yaoi hands. Please give a round of applause to Miraculous Corazon. Thank you, B. Morris. And thank you, Michelle Travis. You guys are excellent. And let us give an even bigger round of applause to our $10 patrons. These are people who chipped in a little bit more, get the episodes early to view, and also deserve two round of applause. Thank you very much to Julia W. Thank you, Jacob Wilson. Thank you, Carly Lestikow. Thank you so much, Anthony Simpson. Thank you, Crimson Echidna. Thank you, J2, also known as Jared. And thank you, Marissa Lenti. And that is something that you could be a part of. Follow the links below for our Patreon information. Now, Megan, what do you do when you're not uh, telling me to watch Chinese puppet cartoons? Uh, <laughs> when I'm not asking you to watch Chinese puppet cartoons. They're not even puppets! I know! Uh, when, when, when I'm not asking Noah to watch, Th- to watch Thund- Chinese, Chinese, Chinese BL. Um... <laughs> When I'm not asking, watching, no, yeah, you can follow me as I shitpost at Queen Error 2. There you go. And you can follow me on Twitter at Noah Clue. Uh, I also uh, post content about my children and uh, all animation around the world. You know where to follow us. The links are down there. 
Um, I, I don't have a way to end this episode off. We've basically set out to do the thing we set to do originally, and I think uh, we're, we're going to wash this down with... Uh, I, I'm going to pour my glass here. I'm out of I'm out of booze. Okay, I'm going to clink my glass there. Let's clink glasses across the states. Okay, one. Go. Oh, cheers, I'll drink to that. Cheers. <laughs> um, no, uh, so if you've made it to the end of this episode, I have a task for you. Oh, no. I want you to at Andrew on Twitter. At, at, manga, at manga, manga Man, Man 9000. Manga Man 9000. With a gif of your choice from the anime Charlotte. <laughs> oh, or oh boy. Kuma Miko. I want oh, you to no. also at Spaceman Hardy. With a gif. You're just going to peg everyone, aren't you? Oh, no, I'm going to get the two of them. Um, I also want you to, to at Spaceman Hardy uh, pictures of cheesesteaks with ketchup on them. Because he hates them. <laughs> and I also want you to, to and, PayPal and me $10. Sure to with <laughs> yes, with love. And uh, don't do... Uh, and thank, just thank at... Please at, at at Lilac Anime Review with pictures of cute animals because she is our mom and we love her very much. We do very much. She, she works very hard for uh, all of our love. All right, so thank you, Megan, for joining me on this adventure. You are a true brave soul indeed for have watching a show that you really didn't have to watch. I don't care about the bet. You didn't have can to I watch Can I get out this. of the ziggurat now? Can I, can I get out of the ziggurat <laughs> God, I'm finally free, bitch! I'm finally free, motherfucker! (laughs) I did my- I did my rating! All 12 episodes of it in the ziggurat! There she goes, people. I'm gonna whip out my- I'm gonna whip out my Nimrod and get the fuck out of here. Aloha and otaku on, my friends.